What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Bobby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? <laughs> it's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hold pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen from Northeast Ohio and beyond, you're listening to the Best Sports Talk Show. There is, was, and ever will be live from the University of Akron. This is a special edition of Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murren, the host of the show today. Now, you may be asking to yourself, why is this random May 28th edition of Sports Power Talk special? What makes this show of all shows special is this episode just stacked like the rest of them and we're just attaching the word special onto it to keep you listening well the reason it's special is because today is my last sports power talk i've been here for three incredible years at wzip i graduated earlier this month and now it's my time or for my time to run to an end for sports director so for today's sports power talk I will be joined by two new analysts in every single segment. Emotions will be running high, but my heart is certainly full ahead of today's show. We'll do a special draft in half an hour in a very special sport that is near and dear to my heart. And a very special voice of WZIP Sports makes his return to SBT to host Jeopardy in the last segment. Sandwiched between those two games on today's show will be a baseball and basketball conversation with one of the most dynamic trios for the basketball segment that you could think of. I'm looking forward to every single moment of today's show, and hopefully all of you are as well. But without further ado, let me introduce the first two analysts joining me on today's show. First, he is the life of the party at WZIP Sports. He's as much a homer as a homer can get. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this man has a future bet on the Akron Zips football team to win the 2023 National Championship. It's the one and only Pat Weber. Good morning, Akron. And those claps from everybody else that will be on today's Sports Power Talk. Pat, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jake? (laughs) Not too bad, man. Not too bad. And second, she's the second biggest Zips fan I know. She's the world's biggest Quantumal, and we're always happy to have her on Sports Power Talk. Boom, boom, pal. It is Lana Sal. Hello, hello. Am I matching the Alex Henry vibes yet, Lana? Am I getting there with the boom, boom, pal? Not yet. Not quite yet? yet. Alex, you want to do it? crazy. Boom, boom, pal. There we go. Boom, boom, pow. It is Lana Sal. And who better... 
to be joined by to talk about baseball. Yes, usually we save the best for last, but this time we're leading with it. Let's get into it with MLB Player of the Week, a segment that I debuted here on SPT all those years ago, but now SPT uh, MLB Player of the Week, where each of us picks one MLB player to feature for Player of the Week, regardless of position, and could be for accomplishments on or off the field. Of course, Lana, I'm going to head to you first on this one. Who is your MLB Player of the Week? So mine's a little bit shocking. Like, I'm not a Yankees fan, okay? I need to make that absolutely clear. However, um, I need to prop up Anthony Volpe. He's Filipino also. So um, he had his first walk-off, career walk-off, and it was it was a very uh, nice moment for him, and congrats. So I'm going to have Anthony Volpe. All right, fair enough. Lana, Pat? Unfortunately, I have to go with somebody who kind of dumpstered the Guardians earlier in the week. I have to go with Francisco Lindor. Uh, in his first outing, actually playing against the Guardians, he went off. There was one game where I looked down where he didn't score at least two runs a game, including the walk-off run that uh, sealed the Mets' victory. So it hurts a lot, but i got to give it to Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor, Anthony Volpe, two solid picks. I have two picks for MLB Player of the Week. I have Craig Krimble of the Phillies. He, he recorded his 400th career save in his 730th appearance. He's the eighth pitcher all-time to reach 400 career saves. Also, he did it in Atlanta against the Braves, where he spent the first five years of his career. A very special moment for Kimbrel and his family there in Atlanta. My second pick... Juan Soto of the Padres. Not a big Juan Soto fan out of me, but this season he's batting 263. The last seven games, the reason he's my player of the week, he's batting 381 in his past seven games with an on base percentage of 581 with those 10 walks as well, having a great week for the San Diego Padres. And that's our MLB, MLB player of the week. A lot of players there having great weeks, unfortunately. A team that has not had a good week. Our very own Cleveland Guardians. Not only have they had a bad week, they've had a very bad month of May and just a very bad overall start to the season. So I want to ask you guys right here and right here, just current faith in the team to turn it around this season. They're they're currently sitting at third in the AL Central. They're twenty two and twenty nine. And some quick stats for you guys: they are twenty eighth in league batting average and on base percentage, and they're dead last in home runs. Hits, run scored, and RBIs. Is this rock bottom right now for the Cleveland Guardians? I wouldn't say rock bottom, but we're pretty close. I think this is almost rock bottom. There's still a little bit of life, but not a lot. I mean, we play, honestly, just looking at it from like an overall perspective, we do play in one of the weakest divisions in baseball. So how we're not number one is beyond me. Um, honestly, the Josh Bell signing is not going the way that I thought it would have gone whatsoever. He's one of the worst batters on the team. Uh, Jake, like you said, we're last in home runs. We're almost last in almost every single batting category. It's kind of weird because last year was like the first year where we actually saw the Guardians succeed, the Guardians slash Indians succeed in actually hitting the baseball, and now we're kind of back to square one with that. And on top of that, it's just we don't have any pitching. Our starting pitching is atrocious. We're still down, what, three or four of our starting pitchers? So there's just not a lot to rely on right now. Um, it's definitely weird taking a look at it because normally we always talk about, you know, like, oh, why, why are the Guardians better than the Reds? Honestly, the Reds are better than us right now. So not, not a great feeling, to say the least. We don't really run the state right now. Hopefully we can turn it around, but I don't really see a whole lot of life moving forward if we can't shape it up. So what, are you a Reds fan now? 
Is I'm this not what's a Reds happening? fan. No, see, mm, listen. I know I said a few times <laughs> that I felt like I should be a Reds fan again because uh, at least I can expect them to be bad. I didn't expect the Guardians to be this bad. Um, it hurts a little bit, but fingers crossed. We do have a fairly easy series coming up against the Orioles. In my mind, I think we can handle that, but easy. We'll have to see. Yeah, I listen. I know they're playing well, but. For some reason, we beat the teams we can't beat, or we shouldn't be beating, I think, is what I meant to say there. Like, we've excelled against teams that we aren't supposed to be competing against, but the minute we play a team that we're supposed to blow out, we end up getting blown out. So it's just a very, very odd season so far. I don't know about the Orioles, man. They're second right now, I believe, in the AL East, and the entire AL East is better than the AL Central. I think that's a very tough series that we're heading into, and then next weekend series against the Minnesota Twins. It's not like the Minnesota Twins are playing lights-out baseball right now, but they do lead the worst division in all of baseball, which is, of course, the AL Central. I'll send it over to Lonnie here. Lonnie, you are the biggest Guardians optimist I know. Is this rock bottom for the team right now? Yeah, I don't think it's rock bottom. I'm optimistic that they're going to turn things around. And, yeah, I I still think pitching is the main issue. I mean, you can't have... Yeah, you can't have the score be 6-0. Like, yes, I know, like, runs was also, like, a problem, but it wouldn't be, a, like, that big of a problem if the score was, like, 0-0, zero, zero, and then they go into the 10th inning, and then I'm hopeful that then they could score then. Because as we know from October and things like that of last season, they the, the, the Guardians tend to have, like, those last those last walk-offs and things like that, and which made last season even more exciting, so... I don't know, guys. I think the pitching is the least of the Guardians' concerns right now. I mean, Shane Bieber, he's not pitching like he is a Cy Young winner right now. A lot of people want Shane Bieber out of Cleveland after this year. That totally makes sense. But you still have Shane Bieber as your ace. You have Cal Quantrill there. And then you have Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen, who have bursted onto the scene right now. Unfortunately, Hunter Gaddis on the bump today. Don't, don't quote me there in saying that the Guardians' pitching is fine. I do not support Hunter Gaddis at all. But... You also have guys like Aaron Savali and Tristan McKenzie are making rehab starts right now in Columbus at AAA. They're going to be ready here soon. I think starting pitching is fine. Bullpen pitching, certainly a concern with Emmanuel Classe, how he's looking this year. James Karinczak, I said it last week, get him as far away from the Cleveland Guardians organization as possible. I cannot stand James Karinczak anymore. But when you look at this run for the Guardians, the biggest issue is our offense. We're not hitting the ball. We're not hitting the ball for power. We're not hitting balls over the fence anymore. And I mentioned those stats of how we are 28th in league batting average and on-base percentage, and then dead last in every single offensive category. It's not good right now for the Guardians. And I thought the Guardians were at rock bottom a few weeks ago, and now I think, what, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games? And it just it feels like when you couldn't even get lower, the Guardians have somehow gotten lower i feel like the whole excuse of well this is where we were last season i feel like that excuse is really only relevant for another week or two maybe tops like sure this is where we were last season we made the adjustments and we managed to win the al central beat the tampa bay rays in the playoffs and take the yankees to the brink of elimination last season that was great but is that excuse really relevant anymore i don't think so after another week or two i do trust Manager Terry Francona, Tito, I think he's going to make these changes when necessary, but this team is so hard to watch right now, and it seems like the necessary changes that need to be made could not be more clear, yet they're not being made. 
I, I love how this team develops pitchers, but there should be a scientific study on how atrocious this team is at developing hitters. It is disgusting. Look at guys this year like Oscar Mercado on the Cardinals, Luke Maley on the Cincinnati Reds, Pat, Owen Miller on the Milwaukee Brewers. Like Those guys are batting over 300 this year. These are guys that we're trading away for cash considerations or just letting go on free agency. And, Pat, you mentioned our free agent move of signing Josh Bell. That was our big move. And look how that's panned out for us this year. Josh Bell not living up to the expectation, actually doing way, way worse than what was expected out of him. And our other offseason splash was bringing in a former all-star catcher in Mike Zunino. And look how that's panned out to you guys. Like, could the Guardians have had a worse offseason last year? I don't really think so. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's like the perfect storm, but the wrong kind of storm yeah. for us right now. Because already, like we kind of touched on, we we're already down three of our starting pitchers. Where already that alone is enough to probably throw a team out of cycle for just a little bit. And then like Jake, like you said, we're not batting well at all. I mean, our leading batter is Jose Ramirez, but he's batting two six nine. Not to mention Josh Bell's barely batting over 200. So it's like, why do we even bring him in? It was almost pointless to do that. Uh, and then also Mike Zanino, he has been abysmal. Like, I yeah. mm, I don't think I would ever, I, I don't know. There haven't been catchers that I haven't seen. Like, I've seen, sorry, <laughs> gathering my thoughts. But, no, he, he's been abysmal, like, behind the plate. He, he can't hit. No. He cannot hit whatsoever. And I hate seeing it because it's like, Finally, for the first time, we're leaning towards a catcher that we might be able to rely on like more heavily, and we can't. So it's like we're kind of back to square one with finding another catcher with who's going to help us succeed. I don't know who that's going to be. Hopefully, Bo Naylor ends up playing a little bit better, um, but it's it's not good. We need we need to we need to trade some people away. I think we're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Yeah. As much as that hurts to say, I think we're going to be big time sellers. We certainly could be, and I'm always down for two nailers. Two nailers are better than one. That's what I always say here. So I mentioned these glaring weaknesses that the Guardians have and how Tito should really jump on these things and make the changes that are necessary to compete down the stretch of this season. I know we're 51 games in of 162. I'm not freaking out quite yet, but the panic button is certainly there in sight, getting ready to be pressed for the Cleveland Guardians right now. In your guys' opinion, what is one change that the Guardians absolutely have to make right now? Something that you can't stand about this team that they need to change yesterday. We've got what would to, that be? We've got to get rid of Miles Straw. Like what? point period. That's your answer. No. Like he, Gold he's, Glover he's, Miles Straw. He's he's one of many. Here's the thing. I don't mind having him for defense, but when he can't provide the batting that we need, I don't really want him on the team anymore because we're struggling so much offensively that I, I can look past the fact that he won the gold glove, like a gold glove award. I, I can definitely look past it. I would like to see us actually try to bring in somebody like Jock Peterson, if possible. One of the you know one of the better DHs because also you know get Josh Bell out. I know we just got him, but no, send him down. Let let him figure something out because we're just struggling everywhere. Then just outright, just we have to be better at just hitting the ball. Mm. Like point period end of it. You just we have to succeed better. We're given these opportunities to where we can. And we're we're not capitalizing on anything. Like offensively, this is probably one of the lowest I've seen like Cleveland go. And we have got to turn that around. Otherwise we're not going to succeed. Like defensively, we're we're all right. 
but we we cannot succeed if we don't get those runs back on offense. I mean, I think Miles Straw, I don't know, he was the furthest thing from being on my radar in terms of a change that the Guardians have to make. Like, you know what you're getting out of a guy like Miles Straw. I feel like that's pretty fair to say. You're going to get anywhere from a 210 to 240 batting average. He's a speedy guy. He can steal on the base pass, and he's a great defender. So I feel like that's what you're going to get, and the Guardians, I guess, are pretty comfortable with that stat line for Miles Straw and what you're going to get out of him based on the contract that they gave him last offseason. And, Lana, I feel like you're very against this Miles Straw slander as well. Yeah, I'm very against it. I mean, right now he's batting 228. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And I think it's quite obvious what the Guardians need to do, which is, like, actually start Bo Naylor. I mean, the, both of the catchers are doing atrocious. Cam Gallagher is batting, like, .058 or some, something. Yeah, he's the last bat- time... He's, he's batting a point nine four, like, zero point zero nine yeah. four, Like, under one. He's yeah. under 100. So, it's quite obvious, I, I think, what the move should be, and I don't know why Tito's taking so long to, to because there have been moments where then they promoted him, right? And then they either, they either sit on the bench or then he goes right back down to Columbus. It makes no sense to me, and I mean, you have one of the top prospects, so I, I definitely think put him in and play him consistently. That's the answer. At least give him a shot, right? Yeah. I know a lot of people were excited last week, this time, when Bo Naylor got called up as the 27th man for the doubleheader last week. And again, like you said, Lana, just right back down to AAA. And he's producing for AAA. I think he could produce for the Cleveland Guardians as well. I want to get your guys' thoughts on my one change that I would make for the Cleveland Guardians right now. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the Ahmed Rosario slander, but I am on that train the move I want the Guardians to make option Ahmed Rosario to AAA Columbus for right fielder Oscar Gonzalez Yes, get Spongebob back on this team because right now in right field we have this platoon out there with Gabriel Arias Will Brennan and those guys aren't the skill set that we need at that position we need power in the outfield. And I think that's kind of where I understand your sentiment on Miles Straw a little bit, Pat, because we have Stephen Kwan in left field. He's not going anywhere, but Stephen Kwan is good for maybe two home runs a season. That's all you're going to get out of him in that aspect. Miles Straw hit zero home runs all of last year. He's not going to get you home runs. And in right field, if you have guys like Will Brennan and Gabriel Arias, who have a combined five home runs this season, they're not going to get the job done in the skill set that you need out there in at least one of your outfield positions. And you see these contending teams, these best teams in the MLB, two or all three of their outfielders are power hitters. I think the Guardians need at least one. And right now, it looks like Oscar Gonzalez is the best option. And Oscar Gonzalez, since being called or being optioned to AAA, he's batting 278 with three home runs and 15 RBIs in the minors. I think he's your guy to fulfill that right field position. You just have to give him time. Of course, he struggles at swinging at balls outside the zone. That's always been his biggest hurdle. But we saw what he did last year, especially in the postseason. He was the hero in Cleveland. I really think it's time to give Oscar Gonzalez another chance. And then Matt Rosario. 
He's batting 243 this year with a home run and 13 RBIs. But what really sticks out to me with Ahmed Rosario is that he's third in the MLB in fielding errors with seven. I think it's time that you put a guy like Gabriel Arias at shortstop, his natural position, or give the guy like Tyler Freeman more playing time. Tyler Freeman, in 19 at-bats this season, is batting 316. So I really think the options the options are there. It's just a matter of giving these guys the opportunities to fulfill their potential, man, and really give this lineup something new because right now it is not working. I mentioned the stats earlier. I don't have to mention them again. It is not working. What do you guys think Ahmed Rosario optioned to AAA for Oscar Gonzalez? I'm a big fan of it. Surprisingly, I actually had a similar conversation last weekend with one of my fraternity brothers. We got into a debate over who would you rather have at shortstop? Would you rather keep Ahmed Rosario or would you bring back Francisco Lindor? And at that time, I was like, you know, I'm like, they're both performing around the same level batting-wise. So I'm like, I think I'd be okay with Ahmed. And I'm back on the, like, no. Just no. Like, point period, no. Send him back down. Let him figure whatever he needs to figure out because he's he's costing us a lot. Like you said, seven errors already. Like, that's unacceptable for somebody who's supposed to be as high of a caliber player that Ahmed Rosario is. So he's definitely the weak spot. Well, w- one of the weak spots yeah. on this team. Yeah. And like so we have so many guys that are waiting to play. Like, I'd even say give Brian Rocchio some more reps. It's a great point. Let Ahmed figure whatever he needs to figure out, like out now while it's early in the season, and then hopefully, you know, maybe midway through the season we can get him back up and he'll be playing better again. But right now, it's it's abysmal what we're seeing out of him. Even Andre Semenez too, right? Like at second base, the Gold Glove second baseman is starting to come out a little bit defensively, but Andre Semenez is struggling at the plate, and Ahmed Rosario, I just think he's starting to become a defensive liability right now for the Guardians. And it is just painful seeing him day after day bat second second in the lineup and be shortstop when really I feel like the Guardians should pursue a different option there. One more topic I want to touch on for the Guardians before we head into break is Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee and their future with the Guardians because they have had electric starts so far in their careers and with the Cleveland Guardians. But I am a little concerned because we've seen this play out before. We've seen this exact story play out where two young guys make their debut with the Cleveland Guardians in their rotation, and they have a great year, and then they fall off a cliff. Who I'm talking about is Zach Plesak and Aaron Savali. They made their debuts in 2019 when the rotation suffered injuries to Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Bauer, and Mike Clevenger. They were fantastic that year and helped the Guardians go 93-69 and that season. But since 2019, we've seen where both Savali and Plesak have gone. Plesak, rightfully in the minors. I think he's started twice for Columbus and given up like 10 earned runs combined in both those starts. Plesak is just an atrocious talent right now, if you can even call him that. And then Savali, he's been on the IL a lot. Sometimes he's good. Other times he just struggles to locate the ball. So, guys, am I right to have this concern that Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, they're great right now, but I'm concerned about their future. I'm concerned about their longevity. And are they going to be the next Aaron Savali and Zach Plesak? Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully they are the young stars that we're starting to see out of them. But I do understand the concern because we have seen, like you said, these, that identical story happen before. So it's almost like, will history repeat itself? I don't think it will. I think that 
they're a little bit better than Plesak and Savali because I mean, like you said, Plesak is just I don't know. I don't just get rid of him at this point. I guess if you can even get anything from him, I the, doubt it. The worst part is too is that he once had trade value, and now that trade value is gone. That's why, like going in yeah. going into the season, I was like, I'd love to see us trade Zach Plesak. And I was met with a lot of, I don't know about that when I first brought that up. I don't want to be like, this is kind of proving my point, but like already you could tell that he was already on a downhill spiral, like a downward spiral in his talent, and it just got so much worse. Um, as for the two young guys, I mean, I've seen incredible things out of Logan Allen. I'm, I'm a big fan of Logan Allen. I think he's got a bright future out of us. He's definitely my favorite up-and-coming star that the Guardians have, and I'm pumped to see him get his actual start here pretty soon, you know, when he actually gets rostered full-time going into next season, and when he's one of the sure starting pitchers. Like, that's what makes me excited, because I do think he has longevity with the Guardians. I think he's going to be one of the better pitchers that we have coming up in the next few seasons, but it all just remains to be seen, because we've had similar conversations about multiple players, and it never goes the way that you think it will. So... I mean, we, we just have to hope that Allen and Bybee can become solid fourth and fifth starters in the rotation in the short run, and then in the long run, hoping they develop into potential second or third starters, similarly to how a guy like Tristan McKenzie has developed. Get them to that level rather than what we've seen out of Aaron Savali and Zach Plesak. Lana, what are your thoughts on the young guys right now in the rotation, Allen and Bybee? Yeah, I agree with Pat. Like, hopefully they have a good future and I just want them to succeed as well as the Guardians. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And today, game three against the St. Louis Cardinals. Hunter Gaddis on the mound. I hate to see it, but he did pitch well last time out against the White Sox. Zero earned runs in six innings pitched. That was a great sight out of Hunter Gaddis. Hopefully, he can bring that to today's game. And then Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals pitching today. He's two and six with a 4.55 ERA. He's 0-5 and has given up 23 earned runs in his last seven games. So hopefully the Guardians can win the series today against the Cardinals after last night's really just embarrassing and heartbreaking loss in extra innings. And of course, we mentioned it, Pat, Baltimore and Minnesota this upcoming week for the Guardians, both those series being on the road. And that'll do it for the first segment of today's show. And thank you guys, Pat. Lana, for joining me on my last show means a lot to me. And nobody I would rather talk baseball with on today's Sports Power Talk. So any any last words, if you will? Uh, Jake, thank you for everything. I know we're going to do like a whole big goodbye later. But personally right now, thank you for everything that you've done. You're somebody that I really do idolize up here. You kind of made me realize that like I'm going to pursue what I want to pursue. Like The work ethic you have is incredible. And it's something that I've tried to implement in my life. I will never be able to do what you've done, though. You've given everybody in here. I can pretty much attest for everybody. You've given everybody in here just so much with your knowledge, with your leadership. And thank you for everything. Wow. Thanks, Pat. That means a lot to me. Um, my, I mean, I, I don't really gloat a lot. I don't have an ego. And my work ethic is certainly that something that I keep close. Um, but it, it is great to also see that that is recognized and that I'm at least influencing one person up here at WZIP. That's the goal. Make an impact on the people that are, are working with me and for me with uh, with the WZIP sports. Anything, Lana? 
Yeah, um, I just want to say thank you so much for all the unique opportunities you've given me and a whole bunch of other people. And um, you're extremely responsible and organized, and I know you're going to have a big future. So excited for what the future holds for you, and wish you good luck. Thanks, Lana. And both of you guys, see a bright future in both of you guys. Uh, like I said, Pat, you're the life of the party up here at WZIP Sports. Keep on being you, man. Future's bright. And then Lana, too. I mean, seeing your progression from SBT1 to where you are now, it's been an incredible sight. And I know the, the homer in both of you guys. I'm talking to the two biggest homers at WZIP. And today we had Anthony Volpe as an MLB Player of the Week and all the Guardians bashing that we could have had. So I do see a lot of development in both of you. And the future is certainly bright for WZIP Sports. We're going to head to our first break of today's show. One segment in the book, three more to go. And upcoming up next... <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Up next is going to be a very fun, a very entertaining segment. It is going to be a draft. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to a very special edition of Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. Of course, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. It's my final show. My name is Jake Murren, the host of your show today. And today, I am so happy to be joined by this duo for the second segment of today's show. It is the UFC crew, I think for the first time on Sports Power Talk. Correct me if I'm wrong, but first, Alex Henry. What's going on, everybody? One last ride, Jake. One last ride, Let's do man. it. Let's do it. We started this adventure up here with the UFC at WZIP. Now we're finishing it here Sunday, May 28th, as a part of my last Sports Power Talk. And the newbie to our UFC podcast, the rising star at WZIP, it is Mitch Bates. Yep. Champ is here. How's it going, everyone? Champ is here. What did you win, bro? <laughs> the last place. I'm winning this draft today, Jake. All right. That's all that matters. Oh, okay. All right, so let me explain this draft that we are about to partake in. So we do have to give credit where credit is due. Credit to Morning Combat with Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell for the idea. The podcast, Alex and I both listen to it quite frequently. We are not ashamed to steal this idea, but of course we are going to credit the source and put a little spin of our own on the idea as well. Put a little bit of a spin of my own on it. So what are we going to do? It's going to be a UFC draft. It's going to be a 19-round snake draft. We're going to draft a main event fight, a co-main event fight, a featured bout, and then my added twist is a location. So where is this card going to take place? So our goal is to draft the best UFC card possible, to sell the most pay-per-views possible, to do the biggest gate as possible, and then at the end, we'll reconvene as a group of three and decide who has the best card. So some of the rules here. One fighter is going to be drafted at a time. That's why it is 19 rounds. Active fighters only. So you can't draft no Jorge Masvidal or... <laughs> Don't worry. Habib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> None of those guys can be drafted on today's UFC draft. These fighters can fight at their weight class or one weight class above or below where they currently fight. So that's definitely going to come into play when we actually match up these fighters that we draft. And so, like, an example of that would be Leon Edwards. He's the current welterweight champion of the UFC. In this draft, we could put him in a contest at lightweight, welterweight, or middleweight. Do we understand the rules, gentlemen? Are we ready? See. Now, yes, the draft sir. order, 
The draft order was decided based on how we did in our UFC predictions podcast. Alex, you'll be drafting first overall. And Mitch, you're going to be drafting third. I'm drafting second, but Mitch, we've been talking all morning. Is a trade going down for the second and third pick? I'm going to offer you a trade. I'm going to want to move up to the second pick. You'll take three, which means you'll get back-to-back picks. I'll take pick five and so on. I will be more than happy to accept that trade. I know Alex thinks I'm crazy because there's very obvious one and two, but I love the back-to-back picks, so that's the way I'm going to go. I am taking that trade. So the draft order, Alex, Mitch, me, let's get it started. Without further ado, Alex with the number one overall pick in the first round. Who are you taking? The face of UFC, the notorious Conor McGregor. Got to take Conor. Got to put him in the main event. Number one, give me Conor McGregor. Number one pay-per-view seller ever. No surprise there, even though I thought you were going to drafts based on who you like in the UFC. But we're here to win, Jake. You go with the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Mitch, you're up second. Yeah, this was pretty easy for me. It was going to be one or the other, and I did consider someone else a little bit, but I'm going to have to go with John Jones, greatest fighter of all time. John Jones, Conor McGregor off the board. Alex, is this kind of what you thought was going to happen here? I mean, it's what had to happen, right? I mean, yeah, in my head, that's that's what was going on. All right, so I'm adding to my team, Alex, the last style bender, Israel Adesanya. And that hurts. But. And that has to be the pick here at number three. I mean, he is such a big name in the UFC. Israel Adesanya joining my squad, likely going to be in the main event. But who knows? Because I don't really have a fighter to fight him quite yet. But maybe I take a fighter right now. Maybe I throw a curveball at you guys. But I'm actually not going to. All that hype for nothing. I'm taking Alexander Volkanovsky right here with my mm. second back-to-back pick. With the first pick of the second round, it goes back to Mitch here for his second pick. Yeah, well, that one hurt a little bit because that's definitely who I was trying to take there. But I might throw a little bit of a curveball out here and go with Islam Makachev. Uh, that is totally fine. I did not want Islam. Oh, really? That's fine. I'm going to close out my main event. I'm going to close it out right now. I'm pretty Connor fighting. positive this is going to be the fight I book. Just a fight that I think will sell the most pay-per-views. Two huge pay-per-view sellers. The build-up, the trash talk would be insane. At what weight class? Would I say the weight class? At welterweight. Yeah, you can. Kobe Covington versus Conor McGregor in my main event. Give me Chaos Covington. That's an interesting one. As much as I hate Colby Covington for the character that he is, I respect him as a fighter. Colby Covington versus Conor McGregor for your main event. Yep. Not a bad one. You're up on the clock again, man. So, yeah, uh, I'm going, I'm just going to draft somebody I want. Uh, the person that I want is Sean O'Malley. Mm. He was definitely on my list. Give me Sugar Show. Definitely on my list. Mitch, you're up next. Yeah, this pick, it's not really hard for me. I'm going to take Kamzat Chimaev. Man, man, that hurts. That, that does hurts. hurt because that that's hurts. exactly who I was going to pick next <laughs> to face Israel Adesanya. Oh, man. This really puts me in a bad position, guys. I should not have traded, should I have? Like, I would have had John Jones and Hamzat right now. I'm sitting with Israel and Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, give me Alex Padeda. Mm-hmm. Give me Alex Padeda. But I have back-to-back picks, so that makes me a little bit more confident here. 
I'm likely going to book a trilogy between Adesanya and Pededa with how my card looks. I just think that's probably the best matchup in terms of pay-per-view buys that I could put on right now with my current roster. My second pick here, give me Shavkat Rachmanov. Good ah. pick, dude. Oh, my goodness. That was, that I was, was hoping pick. he'd fall. I, would hope, I was hoping he'd fall. And then it goes back to Mitch Bates. Back to me. As you just stole my pick, I'm a little thrown off here. But I'm going to wait on a certain guy that I know is going to fight for one of my big events here. And I'm going to go with Kamaru Usman. We both think that's a terrible play, don't we? Yeah. Okay. You don't like it? Well, we know you like Usman. Alex and I are not a big fan, especially right now in his career after losing two straight to Leon Edwards. We'll see who you put him up against. That And you have Hamzat. So Hamzat, Usman, that might not be a bad matchup at the end of the day. But Alex, you're back on the clock. Jake, I want you to look into my eyes as I make this pick. I'm taking Cleveland's very own. Interesting. Stipe Miocic. But you don't have John Jones. No, I just want him. <laughs> greatest heavyweight, arguably greatest heavyweight of all time. I, I love the pick because he was also on my tier list. I just don't know who you're going to put him up against to make pay per view sell, like to sell pay per views, man. Well, we'll see. Well, you're back on the clock. Yeah, uh, back on the clock. I'm putting the get. Oh man, I, this is what I'm doing, Jake. It's what I want to do. I'm putting him against Tommy Aspinall. I want Tom wow. Aspinall versus. Stipe Miocic. And that will be my co-main event. Interesting. Yes. That's surprising. I would have rather have seen Sergei Pavlovich there, but Tom Aspinall not value. a bad pick. Name value. I mean, yeah. I think Tom, he's just been away for a while. I like Sergei more, 100%. I think he's better. I think he'd probably be a better fight. But name value, mm-hmm. I go I go Stipe and Tom Aspinall. Okay. Mitch? Yeah, I think this is going to be my main event fight to put against John Jones. And this isn't exactly name value, but as far as great fights, I think this is going to be an extremely entertaining fight. I'm going to take Yuri Prohaska. Wow. Yuri Prohaska off the board, going to Mitch, which means I'm back on the clock with two picks. Right now, I have Adesanya and Padeda as my main event. Volkanovski and Shavkat Rachmanov do not have opponents, but... I think I'm just going to go for a completely another fight here to put on my card because it's a fight that is going to have a lot of eyes on it. It's already booked in the UFC, and it's already booked for a main event in the UFC on a pay-per-view card. Give me Justin Gaethje. Give me Dustin Poirier. Ah. And they are going to be my featured bout for the BMF title on my card. That means Mitch is back on the clock. Yeah, and this fight, this is my final fight that I'm creating, and he's going to be moving a weight division to fight Islam Makachev. I'm going to take Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards off the board. Alex. Last pick. Round us out. Last pick. Oh, the last two. I'll pick my location, too, right? You have two picks, and then it goes back to Mitch, me, then you for location, I guess. Okay, so yeah, my last fight, uh, I need somebody to fight Sean O'Malley. I really wanted to go Cheeto Vera here so we could see what would happen if the injury didn't happen. But Cheeto lost, and he's he didn't look good. And he lost to a certain man named Corey Sandhagen. And I think it would be a very awesome featured bout to have Sean O'Malley versus Corey Sandhagen, two absolute strikers, 
that just are so exciting to watch. That's my feature about. I love it, man. So go ahead and pick your location then because you do have the two back-to-back picks. I got that wrong. Pick your location. Then Mitch will pick his. I'll pick mine. We'll round it out that way. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I have Conor McGregor and Colby. A crowd that sold out the Heat Stadium, the highest the highest viewing event ever in that stadium. I'm going to Miami. We're going to Miami to watch Conor McGregor and Kobe Covington fight. We're going to Miami and Sean O'Malley will be there. Kobe will be there. Everybody will be that. That crowd was insane. Just give me Miami. You just picked Miami for a card featuring Conor McGregor. You picked <laughs> the location for the B-side fighter in your main event. Why would you not pick Ireland? Because it was crazy. Miami's crazy. And I have to... I don't know about that. I'm just... It was... Dana said it was one of the best crowds he's ever had. And he wants to go back many more times. And this will be the card he goes back. All right. Mitch, where's your fight card uh, taking place? Yeah, my fight card, for me, it wasn't very hard. We all know I have to base my event around John Jones. He's from New York. We'll do Madison Square Garden. Fair. Madison Square Garden, and then mine, I have, so I kind of messed up with my draft, if I'm being honest, guys, because I had, I went off the rails with my last two picks, picking Poirier and Gaethje for a BMF title fight on my card, so I have to put Alexander Volkanovsky against Shavkat Rachmanov at lightweight, I still think that's a great fight, (laughs) but like, Volkanovsky is so severely undersized against anybody at lightweight, yet alone a natural what, welterweight in Shafkat Rachmanov coming down to lightweight and then Alexander Volkanovsky having to go up to lightweight. It's going to be a mismatch, I know, but that is going to be my co-main event. But with Israel Adesanya on the card, with Alexander Volkanovsky on the card, where else would I go than Australia? Yep. I mean, come on. I'm going Australia for my card. So, Alex, you had the first overall pick. Read off your card, main event, co-main event, featured bout, and, of course, your location. Yeah, so uh, main event is going to be Conor McGregor taking on Colby Covington. Co-main event, Stipe taking on Tom Aspinall. Featured bout, which I love this bout, Sean O'Malley versus Corey Sanhagen. It's all taking place in Miami, Florida. All right, Mitch, your card? Yeah, I'm very satisfied with how my card turned out. We're going to Madison Square Garden in New York to watch the GOAT, John Jones, taking on Yuri Prohaska. Then, for the uh, co-main event, we're going to see Islam Makachev, the current lightweight champion, fighting Leon Edwards, the welterweight champion. And to wrap it all up, we're going to get Kamaru Usman versus Hamzat Chimaev in what should be a very entertaining welterweight bout. All right, my card, my main event, Israel Adesanya, Alex Pedeta, three in the UFC for the middleweight title. Co-main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Shavkat Rachmanov at lightweight. I know my main, my co-main event is kind of weak, but still kind of interesting with two fighters there. And then my featured bout, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje for the BMF title. I think that's a really, really strong uh, featured bout there. And then it all goes down in Australia for Adesanya and Volkanovsky. That is my card. That is my team. So, guys, who wins this draft? Who sells the most pay-per-views? I mean, I feel like we're all going to be pretty adamant about our own teams. 
Yeah, of course. And I think you have to think past name value and think about matchups. And yeah, you would say that see. with your of card, of course. <laughs> as, I should, as I should, though. <laughs> yeah, I Alex, mean, what do you think? Do you think you have the best card? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I mean, I just that main event's real strong in my opinion. Um, you know, I had to go with active fighters, or else I may have went with like a Nate Diaz in that main event. But you know. Uh, the uh, the Michael Chandler fight's going to happen already. I think it's going to be a great fight. But if I'm trying to sell a pay-per-view, you know, it's always kind of the meme, actually, of, like, if Dana White wanted to make the mega pay-per-view, he would make it Colby versus Connor because those are his two headline guys. Uh, and then what I tried to do, too, is not necessarily that I wanted Stipe and Tom, but I wanted to have value in my weight classes. So I, I jumped all the way from Bantamweight, heavyweight, and uh, then welterweight. And I was trying to get a good mixture all across the board. Uh, shot of Ali, Corey Sanhagen's good little fight. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it all happens in Miami. Uh, but as I think I take it. But as for between you two, I have no clue who would take second. So my <laughs> thing is, like, I, I don't know if I should have traded second for third pick. I think I might have made a mistake there, first and foremost. But when I drafted Israel Adesanya... I should not have drafted Alexander Volkanovsky right there in that. I should have drafted the guy I wanted to fight Israel Adesanya. He got robbed. He literally picked Hamzat Shemaev the pick before I was going to pick Hamzat Shemaev. Because I was going to put Adesanya versus Shemaev in the main event. And then I would have been without Volkanovsky. One of you guys probably would have had him. But, I mean, Poirier Gaethje, I think, is a solid fight there for my featured bout. So... I'm not totally sold that you have the best card yet. I'm yeah, still going to fight. I don't think so either. Look, I think you have the best main event as far as bringing in fans, entertainment value. I think you have the best main event. But, of course, I'm going to vouch for my own card because John Jones versus Yuri Prohaska. Anyone that John Jones fights, it's going to do John Jones would kill numbers. Yuri Prohaska. Can I say this, though? I agree. I think Colby Covington would kill Conor McGregor. I agree. Like, also. I think the build up to the fight would be super entertaining, no doubt about it. But in terms is this of the about best, who sells the best pay per view? It is. Then yeah, it is. Very true. I think I win. But also, you can't hear. You I talked, think I have the best uh, you talked about the build up. John Jones is not fun in build up, and that's always been something that the UFC complains about. That he doesn't ever try to sell his fights. He's not ever at other fighters' fights. You look at a guy like Connor and Colby; they show up to all the UFC fights. They're always there. They're always promoting. Uh, and then you have, you know, guys like Islam. They're not doing much, uh, even though he's great. Like, in terms of what you're trying to say, these are fighters that you want to see for the typical fan. But what sells a great pay-per-view is, man, I know those guys. Let's buy it. And even like a Sean O'Malley. Everybody knows Sean O'Malley, whether you're a UFC fan or not. So you see he's fighting, you're going to want to tune in. Same with Stipe. A lot of people know the heavyweight GOAT. They do know the heavyweight goat. I just don't know if putting him up against Aspinall. Aspinall is the best pick. Well, John Jones is gone. Okay. I, in terms of best pay-per-view numbers, Alex, I agree you have the best card. Okay, I agree. I'm going to admit that because I was trying to think of it as best quality fights, not yeah. necessarily. I think Sean O'Malley versus Corey Sanhagen is an excellent quality no, fight. No, I think that's a great fight. <laughs> I don't think that touches my, my featured bout, though. No. Or mine. I agree. Your featured, featured bout? bout? I my featured bout. What are you talking about? That's Kamaru Usman the fans love Hamza Chimaev. That's an awful featured bout. That is not awful. That's an and awful. And I have the best co-main easily. It's a double champ fight either way you go. I can make Leon go down to lightweight and challenge for that belt. Islam wins champ, that fight, or though. Islam going but out Islam and getting welterweight. 
We're going to have a double champ either way it goes. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I Alex, who has the worst card? Can we, can we get that one out of the way? I think Mitch does. It can't I agree. Be. <laughs> I think Mitch got the worst card. I'm not going to lie. I agree. I think Mitch has the worst card, which means, Mitch, who has the best card between Alex and I? Yeah, I think it's Alex. It's a tough conversation because, obviously, I'm going to think my own is the best, but I think Alex has a top card here. I do, too. Oh, I think Alex won. And it pains me to say because he has won, like, everything up here in terms of UFC <laughs> things at WZIP Sports. But that's our UFC draft, guys. That was fun. How was that? I loved it. Yeah. I, really I think we could have probably done an entire card, if I'm being honest. Oh, we could have done two more fights. Yeah. Yeah. We absolutely could have done two more fights. But I think, I mean, any way you look at it, these are some hey, very entertaining fights. Yeah, these are great pay-per-views. Very, very entertaining fights. And this is the last that people will hear of this group of this trio for the UFC crew at WZIB Sports. I kind of said my farewell to the UFC crew on the last UFC predictions podcast that we did. It talked about how UFC, MMA, mixed martial arts is my, my true passion in my career in terms of sports media. And I, I can't say it enough how this group has done a lot for me at WZIP and really showed me exactly what I want to do. And I think Alex and I, we kind of started this up here um, we both had an inkling into MMA, but then I think we both kind of really sparked that fire under each other of, hey, this is kind of what we want to do a- a- as a career. Yeah, I mean, Jake, I I will never be able to thank you in any way ever for giving me the passion that I want to work for the rest of my life because that's what you did. I came up to WCIP. You said, you know, I need somebody in the UFC podcast. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of like UFC. I kind of watch it, whatever. And I, I fell in love. And now I know that's what I want to do. And you helped me find that out. Nobody else would have helped me get there. You did. And uh, I'll never be able to thank you for that. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of fun memories uh, with the UFC podcast. A lot of fun memories on Sports Power Talk. So it, of, was, it was great. Yeah, we've done a lot of here together, man. Polar yeah. Ops as well. Yeah. I mean. Not well, Mitch. I'll have uh, Mitch over here to help me with the UFC podcast. Yeah. So it'll it'll carry on well. Mitch, the upcoming star. Maybe we spark a little fire under him for some UFC media one day. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like I've found a completely new interest with WZIP as a whole. And the UFC podcast, I was not into UFC a lot before I joined. Just recently got into it, and both of you helped spark my love for it and get me more into it. And I'd like to thank both of you for that. Well, guys, it has been a fun ride, and I said it last week when I recorded my last SBT Overtime episode at WZIP Sports. That was an AEW Double or Nothing podcast, and I said my farewell to wrestling on in WZIP Sports on that podcast and said it's going to be fun in the future to be a consumer of the content, to be a listener of it, and I feel the exact same way when it comes to the UFC content here at WZIP Sports. It makes me very happy and proud knowing that when I leave, things like wrestling and MMA that I'm so passionate about are still going to have such a strong presence at WZIP Sports. I know you guys are right for the job. You guys are going to kill it. 
And like I said, man, I am just very excited to listen to your absurd UFC takes in my car and listen to your horrible UFC pronunciations in the future because you don't have me to correct you guys anymore. It's nope. over. Nope, it's, we're done. It's no over. more Jake Bird to correct you guys on your UFC pronunciations. Thank you guys for joining me on my last Sports Power Talk. Would not have rather done a segment with two other guys for a UFC draft than you two. And we continue on with my last Sports Power Talk. One hour down, one more to go. And ladies and gentlemen, coming up next... The most dynamic trio that you could think of on Sports Power Talk. Two people joining me for an NBA segment. And let me tell you, after last night's game, you're not going to want to miss it. It all happens next on Sports Power Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the best sports talk show. There is, was, and ever well will be live from the University of Akron. This is Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murn, the host of your show today and today my final sports power talk of course we're switching out analysts for every single segment and i've been teasing it all day long that this is the most dynamic trio that could have been on sports power talk and i have been looking forward to this all week but even more so after the heats lost last night in game six of the eastern conference finals because this made this segment a million times better so first joining me first Logan, number one. The better of the two Logans at WZIP Sports, it is Logan Buchanan. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on, Jake. This is a third straight week. I know. Third straight week, your voice has appeared on SBT. How's it feel? It, 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 it's a grind, you know, but I'm, I'm here for it. It is a grind. Making that summer grind is Logan Buchanan. And it would not be Jake Murrin's last sports power talk if this voice was not on it. It pains me to be joined by him. But it is oh so sweet after last night's Miami Heat loss. It is Mr. Evil Heat Culture Enthusiast himself, Logan Congress. Thank the absolute Lord you are done at WZIP. <laughs> I am so, so thrilled that you are not behind the desk anymore. Just kidding. Whoa. But not really. Oof. That hurts. That hurts. That's a low blow right there. Yeah. It was meant to be. <laughs> okay, I got some emotions I got to throw out from last night, and you're going to be the recipient of a lot. That is totally fine because I will give it right back to you. And Logan Buchanan is here as witness, and so are Logan Buchanan is actually on my right. side. So, I don't, what is going on, by the way, at WZIP Sports? Like, I am so ashamed of so many people in my own department because you have made, made so many people jump on the heat the whoa, heat culture whoa, train. Hey, whoa. They I don't call me get basketball it. Jesus. I'm just good at converting people. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. We have people like Casey Rush and Lana Sal last night in the group me rooting for the Heat. Yeah, Lana Sal and Matt Permuka have been on the train, and they're allowed. They are absolutely allowed. Even though Matt Permuka was totally wow. on my side last night what, about how the game was actually a good game, not it doesn't a bad matter. Game Those two are the only ones in the beginning that had no, nothing negative to say. Not even saying they were rooting for it, but they were the only ones that had nothing negative to say about heat culture. So they are completely allowed to say the phrase heat culture. Well, the rest of you, because... all y'all are in here right now, none of you. Wow. I don't want to hear it. None of you. That's kind of weird because it's kind of weird like saying heat culture when you just lost three games in a row 
after having a 3-0 lead in the Eastern Conference well, Finals? Well, Jimmy Butler took an early trip to Cancun, and Bam Adebayo jumped on the plane with him. That's probably the primary reason. I was going to say, the rest of the Heat are playing their hearts out. They're playing like okay. it's, the, like it's the playoffs. They, st- they, they have still lost three games in a row. Let me ask you this, Logan Congrove, sure. Logan number two. Go ahead, buddy. How do you feel about your team on the verge of making NBA history in the worst way possible? How do you I feel, feel about that? I'm not even concerned. <laughs> okay. Not even a little. Okay. Not even a little? Nope. Not at all. Wow. This is the same man that before we went on air was talking about Jimmy Butler trades for a free agent. Hey, I was just throwing you off before the show. <laughs> <laughs> no yep, way I would trade Jimmy Butler. That was and I'm not even slightly concerned about the Who heat. was that free agent, by the way? Kyrie, bro. I want Kyrie. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. Who would? Why would you not want Kyrie? Nobody wants Kyrie. Why? He's a no, hooper. But you want? He, he wanted. He's a hooper. You, you wanted Kyrie Irving over Jimmy Butler. That is what you were talking about before Dude, the show. I, over this Jimmy Butler that I've seen the past three games, I'd take but a bag of chips. Well, but it's, it's, it's playoff Hemi though. He's <laughs> him. Really? He's I don't him. know where he went. Casper the ghost, just <laughs> gone. I mean, I he took Bam Adebayo with him like a ghost. Ooh. I, <laughs> Look, I don't. Logan. I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. He is gone. This yeah. Whole, oh, he's been gone. And like I was giving the Heat their flowers last Sunday on Sports Power Talk. Like if I gave Jimmy Butler and the Heat like a dozen roses, can I get eight of those back, please? Can you send some of those back? Because I don't really want to. Well, give I don't know where Jimmy Butler flowers. is to give them back to you. So that's impossible. Because he wasn't in Miami and he wasn't in Boston and he's not going to. I, I hope he's in Boston Game Seven because if he's not. Then we're going to have some serious issues. Then you're going to look like a fool. I have already decided I will be deleting all of my social media if that happens. <laughs> okay. Gone. Wow. I, I will be removing myself Please from do. the platforms. Whoa. Yeah. We're, we'll, we'll clip that one. We'll clip that one. Even though I'll be gone, I'll make I actually sure somebody clipped you. clips it. I clipped you from last week. What part of it? You praising the heat. All of okay. it. That's fine. And, when I they clip, were up, and I clipped Matt yeah. saying when, the culture was real. When even, they were even up. Even though I found a way around it because he said he was trying to not word it so that I couldn't. I did find yeah, a way around it. Yeah, you did word that awfully to where you could clip <laughs> it. That was, that was really bad, when, Matt. <laughs> the Heat were up 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, they deserve yeah. praise. But when they are, what, just the fourth team in NBA history to go to a Game 7 after that's, having that's a 3-0 crazy. series that's lead? Crazy. No, the Heat don't deserve praise anymore, hey, Logan. by the way, buddy. Um, teams that have a 3-0 lead, no matter what, are 150-0. Hey, and guess what? This is the first time in NBA history that Game 7 of a series is going to be played at home for the home team that was down 3-0 originally. Hey, guess what? I do not care. You know what? Oh, good rebuttal. You know oh, what you? yeah. You know what I'm really happy about? I can finally stop hearing about a 3-1 blowout lead. Now it's the 3-0 blowout lead. No, yeah, I can I'm just, sorry. That's yeah, just not with your, with 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 your Warriors I don't have to deal with right it now. anymore. You're just smiling you know? over there with your Warriors It's great. On. It's great. I don't have to hear about that anymore because there's a worse loss coming. Right. No, there's not. I, mm, there's just not. At this point. The heat season is all but over in my eyes. It's done. If they, if they play Book like it. how they have. Right if now. they have. What do you mean, book it right now? Book it. I just said it, did I not? Yeah. If, did I not just say those words? You... If you actually believe that, let's have a little fun. Right here, right now. <laughs> Are we making a if bet you actually live believe on air? That, yeah, not monetarily, because that's against FCC regulations. Okay, then what are we talking about? Jake Mern, if the Heat win, you have to publicly go on your social media and admit that Heat culture is real. If the Heat lose, wow. I will publicly go out and admit that I was wrong and that it doesn't exist. 
I would bet. take that bet. bet. Take it right now. Bet. Take that right 100%. now. 100%. This is amazing. Bet. You got it, sir. I'm not ashamed. You should be because I'm you just not- made the dumbest bet of all time. I don't know. Your bet okay. against me is kind of the on dumbest On Tuesday one. morning when I wake up to a video of Logan Congrove saying, and no, I was wrong. I will, do it. Is... I will do it on video. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Then we're on the same page. Yeah. Wow. That we are. Yeah, that's also true. I will wait to delete my social media <laughs> okay. and do this. This is insane. But this is great. Is the, and and you, Cannon, you were can right. I add one extra term? If the Heat win... You have to wear the shirt that you bought me that says heat culture and admit that. Ooh. I still go with that, Jake. I think it's a fair I think it's I will fair drive way. all the way to your house and I will give you that shirt. Okay, well if that if you're going to add a stipulation on my side, I'll add a stipulation Ooh. on your side, Logan, okay? Sure, if, sure in this nice. video that you admit that heat culture is fake and you're wrong about everything and this whole heat culture enthusiast thing you're doing right now, you have to wear a Baker Mayfield jersey. What does that video. have anything to do you think first of all you think it. you think i own any of that garbage do you think i own any garbage that says he calls i on lit it? my baker mayfield jersey on fire guess what i have one. Oh yeah your panthers one i also I, have a browns one i think you go with it i think both oh, of you dude, go bet because we're not losing sure i don't care so the bet the miami heat lose game seven you in a public video on social media have to say that he culture is fake in a baker mayfield jersey if the heat win in game seven I have to be on video in a Heat Culture shirt saying that Heat Culture is real. You're absolutely correct. Let's do it. This is amazing. Let's do it. No matter what happens, this is an instant clip. I love this. The handshake's happening right now, ladies and gentlemen. Handshake just happened. It's official. It is official. Logan, before Buchanan, Logan Buchanan, the best Logan up here at WZIP Sports. Before you were wrongfully (laughs) interrupted, you were talking about how the Heat season is just completely over right now. No, 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 no. You misheard me. I said if they play like how they have the last two games, then yes, the Heat season has been over. But if they play like how they had in their series against the Bucks, their series against the Knicks, the first three games, I think it's still that underestimating the actual ability of that team. The ability of Jimmy Butler and Bam, that's still, you know, we need to see that in these in this last game. But the ability of the, the Heat's bench and the rest of the starters, I mean, you look at guys like Martin, Duncan, Vincent Strauss, all of them were carrying the Heat to a close matchup. If it wasn't for those guys banking shots and I I know Duncan missed two good looks. Every NBA player NBA player does. Every player has missed good looks. Those guys kept it close. The the Celtics had so many turnovers. I think 7 over the Heat's turnovers. They had so many fouls to the point where the Celtics should have had a way bigger lead, but because of the Heat's actual bench and their ability to keep it as a close game, I don't want to count them out just yet. Yeah, they play team basketball. That's exactly what we were talking about last time. I said it. I've said it talk as well. Every single one I've been on, I've said that. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in game that's six, why, nine for thirty-seven from the field. By the way, twenty-four percent shooting. That's why you cannot focus on quote unquote superstars in playoff game. You need to have the team. The reason the Heat had it that close is because they had a good team, not just the you know, superstars. I agree with your point, but I also be realistic here. No, you can't focus on your superstars, but your superstars also can't shoot. No, they can't. 10 for 40. Yeah, they can't. Like, they need to actually. <laughs> you, you have to have a superstar to not focus on a superstar. And especially in a game seven with a season on the line, 
you have to rely on those superstars to get it done. And you kind of mm-hmm. saw it in Game 6, too. In Game 6, down the stretch, yeah. what happened? Jimmy Butler came alive. He was making shots mm-hmm. at Absolutely. the free throw line, and then that foul, of he, course, those, he those three, honestly, three free throws. He pulled a reverse Jason Tatum. He showed up at the last quarter. He had a quiet, yeah, his point, as I, Logan said it earlier, a lot of free throws, but he still quietly had 20 points. I don't, I mean, he shot, like, through the free he shot like crap. Yeah, but, but who cares, like... I'll take 10 efficient points over 20 inefficient points any mm-hmm. time of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we... Are, I mean, that's the biggest thing with Kobe in the end of For his sure. career, right? Was He was filling up the bucket, but doing so in the worst way possible. Yeah. I'd rather have a guy fill up the bucket in the best way possible, of course. Now, but if you're going to score 10 and shoot 80%, give me that all day. Now, Bam Adebayo, on the other hand... Was disgusting. Can I ask you about your reaction when Bam Adebayo fell on Jimmy Butler going up oh, for a rebound? I was so I, scared. I jumped out of my seat, yelled some explicitives that I can't say on air, and I said, "Trade him now! If he injured, if he injured Jimmy, trade him now!" Like, but don't you even, trade? Jim, do you want to trade both of them? I I wouldn't care what we do with Bam. <laughs> I can't lie. Oh, Bam's only Bam, the only thing he did last night was get boards, and it was half the time. Bam to me he barely got. Bam boards. to me is expendable. I think you can find somebody that is equally as good or better than Bam and get assets back for him. Bam is still young, but Bam also has done nothing in the playoffs when it matters. That's the, that's the biggest nothing. thing is when it matters. I don't care what you do in the regular season. You could be defensive player of the year. If you mm-hmm. don't do anything when it matters, I don't want you at all. I just don't understand. Like You're a Heat fan. Respect for that. But you're a Heat culture enthusiast, yet you want to get rid of your best player. Bam out of bio is like in no best. way our best player. I'm talking about Jimmy Butler. They're not playing like they're that. the best player right now. Well, I get that, but... So, all right, you know what? Let me put this into Jake Murr in terms, because you are not. you don't understand <laughs> heat culture <laughs> or anything like that. Let me just dumb this down <laughs> for you here. You're, you're a Cleveland Browns fan, right? Uh, you're telling whoa. me... Can you pick a different team? Or you know what? You're a Bucks fan because Baker's on it, right? Yeah, that, that's they're trash. I need a team that's good and a quarterback um, that's good. Um, yeah, it's tough. Not many teams I like are very good right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? We'll even do Cavs? this. Say, say the Guardian. I'll use, I'll use the 2016 Guardian or Indians Ooh. as an example. If you if you had Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez as your two one and two, just like Bam and Jimmy are for the Heat, you're telling me that if for I know we actually did trade Lindor, but Lindor. Has a great regular season, then does nothing in the postseason. You're telling me you wouldn't at all explore options just because you, you love them and you love your team? You're telling me you wouldn't be negative about the Indians at, Indians at the time because your star players aren't doing anything? Not really, but I think you're losing the point because it's not like Jimmy Butler has done nothing this postseason. You're acting as if he's just been... I'm talking about Bam, more specifically. Okay, Bam out of bio, fine. Get him off the heat. I don't care about that. I'm talking about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was the guy against the Milwaukee Bucks in that Correct. series. But he's Jimmy Butler had anymore. maybe one or two off games against the Knicks, but he so was the guy There's two Jimmy Butlers. That. There's two Jimmy Butlers, apparently. There's yeah. one. There's playoff Jimmy. He was one of the best yes. playoff Jimmy. Playoff and then there's the guy time. that took his NBA headshot with dreads at the beginning of the season, uh, and that's, that's who I'm point. seeing right now. That's a good point. So Not I think, consistent. I think your biggest concern is trying to find the consistency mm-hmm. of Jimmy Butler and making sure that he's playoff Jimmy rather than saying, oh, he's just the guy with the dreads, let's get So, let me ask you this. How, what do you do if you're the Heat to fix Jimmy? What is it that you say or do for Jimmy Butler that makes playoff Jimmy come back? How do you tell him as a coach, as an organization, as a teammate, what do you say to Jimmy Butler that just makes him come back? Because, like I said, Casper the Ghost right now, I don't, 
I don't know the explanation. It just changed. I mean, I could throw that question right back at you. I'm not one of his coaches, teammates. Play, I'm not anything well, like that. I don't know. What, I feel I like what they you tell have him, done. But what you do as a Heat organization is you build around a guy like Jimmy. You don't you shut him. He has a team around you him. You tell though. him to wake up or he's going to be on the wrong side of history forever. If you're yeah, telling me that Jimmy doesn't have a team around him. Nobody will remember anything that he did this whole playoffs if they blow this lead. Nobody will care. They will be remembered and he will be remembered as the star of the team that blew that. Yeah. I just I you saying build a team around him, he already has a team around him. There's nothing more in my eyes that they can do that doesn't revolve around Jimmy making the Did change. you add another superstar? They're a one superstar team right now. Correct. So you trade Adam. Bam and get another one. Yeah, that's or fine. That's sign fine. Kyrie Irving. No. The, no yes, that is no, fine, Logan. You sign no, Kyrie, that's a fine no. move if you're the Miami Heat. Correct. What's not a fine move is shopping your best player. When did I say that? Logan. <laughs> when did I say that? I'm talking about Bam. Okay, now you're talking about Bam. I've been talking about Bam for the past, like, 15 minutes. Okay. Oh, God, really good Can I ask? Let's just let's just move on. I'm gonna be that, ni- I'm gonna chill and be nice to you. Let's move on from that, please. Okay. Wow. Can I get your reaction if I say one name? Can I just get mm-hmm. a quick reaction from oh, Logan yeah. Congrove? Kind of know where I'm going with this. No, but go. What comes to mind when I say Duncan Robinson? <sighs> Honestly, indifferent because yes, he missed those two shots, crucial shots. But like Logan said, people they miss shots, and I'm sure he knew it when he went into the locker room. I, I like his style of play. The inconsistency is a lot, though, for me, especially because we're paying Duncan Robinson $80 million. True. And he, he, I don't know. For $80 million, his level of play just isn't there for me. I like I like him a lot. I loved him the season before we gave him that money. Then we gave him that money, and his production has dropped. And now we have guys like Gabe Vincent. We have guys like Caleb Martin. We have guys like Max Struce, even who also inconsistent. That's why I said him third. That are, putting up, that are putting up the same type of numbers as Duncan Robinson, so it makes his contract look really bad to me. I just thought it was kind of comical he that good. he's your best three-point shooter, and in two of the most important shots that of Game happens. 6 last night, it happens, he missed both man. of them. I'm telling you right now, there's no one hating on Duncan Robinson for missing those shots Except more Jake than, him, than him. Okay, yeah, I completely agree with you than him, it but I think, I think Heat fans, if you're going to be mad at one thing, one person... It's Jimmy. No, it's, it's Jimmy. I feel like it's Duncan Robinson. No, because he he's one of the reasons we were that close. Yes, he Jake, missed those two shots. But how many tapping. shots did he make to keep us that close? No, I, from a game's perspective, sure, you can blame Jimmy for not showing up in game six. But if, when you had the game in your hands, then you if can, Duncan Robinson makes one of those two Jimmy shots, Butler it's over. makes one of his 80 million shots, we're not even in that he position. Made, he made the three free throws to get you guys the game. Then blame and the, what happened? Blame the guys... Blame, Whoever was supposed to box out Derek White. That's what I was just about to say. Sure, Which was can, Bam Adebayo. Then you can blame Bam Adebayo. But the point Not of the, Duncan. The matter of the fact is. Duncan Robinson hit like four of those three-point shots but if before he made, those. If he made one of those two down the stretch, oh, this game over, the Heat are going to the finals. Am this I wrong? Am take. I wrong? No. Boom. But There you go. So he's not to blame. We're not you in that position that if Jimmy and Bam the, show up. A lot, a lot of the guys, though. When if I think of Jimmy crucial, and Bam score more than five points in the first half, we I, are not in that position. From a game's perspective, yes. But when I'm thinking of the game, on the most crucial moments of the game didn't occur in the first half, Logan. So you're telling me that in a, a crucial moment, you're relying on Duncan Robinson instead of Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler? Because I wasn't at all. Well, guess what? The Miami Heat were. That's all that matters. And that's dumb. 
You need to tell your okay, star players when to work, when, when work you're, up the courage to play basketball and stop being scared of Jason Tatum and Deuce. But it's not Where dumb when from? your best three-point shooter from? has two wide-open shots down the stretch and misses them both. Wow. When if he made one of those, the Miami Heat are in the finals right now. I'm not clowning Duncan Robinson at all. I'm not going to lie. I'm so crucial not moments happen take. in the fourth quarter of playoff games, and in those crucial moments that I look at, I look at Jimmy Butler making those three free throws. Crucial moment, good for Jimmy. I look at the two missed Duncan Robinson threes, and then of course I look at the last play with Devin White making that bank shot to make it a game to force a game seven. Look, he's such a role those player. You didn't even know his name. That's how bad that he played. Look, Duncan Robinson is. As much to blame as anybody. No. That's what I'm going to say. Absolutely not. Logan Buchanan, I'm sorry, man. You have not been a huge part of this segment. I've been laughing for it's just, of it. It's just a thing. Yeah. Whenever there's a third person on a flowers. show with, my, my voice hurts. with Congrove and yeah, I. Yeah, my ears hurt after a couple of those. Like, I, my headphones popped a couple of times. It happens. I'm not wearing headphones you can, for a reason. Yeah. I kind of want to talk to you about this, though. Okay. Because Jason Tatum. Throw it right at me. You have been mm-hmm. very down mm-hmm. on Jason Tatum yes, these I past have. two weeks on SBT. Yes, I have. Saying that he has no legacy. Yes. If Jason Tatum pulls this off, wins Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, leads the Boston Celtics to be the first ever NBA team to overcome a 3-0 series deficit, Mm -hmm. what do you think about his legacy? Uh, He didn't have one because this game was the Celtics game, not Jason Tatum's game. Once again, Jason Tatum did not show up in the second half. I don't even think he scored his first bucket until the fourth quarter, and I think he only had one, maybe two. If that's your superstar... Good for you, I guess. A good 51-point game. Respect on that. But if they can't beat this Heat especially, and if they can't win the chip, all of that means nothing. It means nothing. I don't care. His legacy is going to be, oh, yeah, you did really good up until the finals. And even if he, if he wins the ring, then I will say, good, good on Jason Tatum. Yeah, I was wrong about you. But until he does that, like I said the first time we brought, about, uh, brought up Jason Tatum, he doesn't have a legacy of a star like he's being compared to. I don't know. 31 points in game six in a must-win game with 12 rebounds. 15 for 15 from the free throw line, too, by the way. I think that's a good game in game six. That's even a, with a good game. the lack of production a, in the it's second It's a good half. game. But if you're... If you're, you're Jason Tatum is the superstar of the Celtics, correct? Well, yeah, him and okay. uh, Jalen Brown. Where was he the second half? If your superstar doesn't produce the second half in like actual buckets made, is that really a superstar or is that the guy that the people talk most about on your team? He's a superstar. I don't think so. Jason Tatum is a superstar. I don't think so. And if he pulls off this 3-0 series deficit comeback... He has a legacy. That is for sure. And then he, and then if he loses the chip, which most of us think he will because the Nuggets are that good, what does that mean? Oh, you had a good playoff run, well, and then you got beat. I think you could say that for any team. I think the Nuggets are just waiting at home right now, ready to beat whatever can team I, they play in the finals in five games. Can I make a statement on that? Like an actual serious statement? I think for either of these teams, Boston or the Heat, both of them blew the opportunity to have like eight days rest. The, like you just said, the Nuggets, who are, yeah, that's a good point. I hate saying this, who are the better team of all three of these teams, have been on their couch for eight days. Whoever wins this series will have one day of rest. One. So, unfortunately, the Nuggets are probably going to win the championship. Well, that's what I said to Logan before the mm-hmm. show. Like, I think whatever team wins the Eastern Conference Finals loses to the Nuggets in five. 
I could. Eh. I don't even see them going past five. I'm not going to doubt my team, but I think the Denver Nuggets are way too good at home. They maybe lose Very one true. game on the road. They win. But are you the, basing the this off five. of their performance against a washed up LeBron James and the Lakers? I don't think that's necessarily fair. How they still beat LeBron James in the playoffs? They beat a absolutely washed LeBron James. An absolutely uh, Le- LeBron, James LeBron James is on the back end of his career. Okay, well let's talk yeah, about LeBron James because we're I mean, we're yeah. crushing here for time around the Rue, where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page. Around the Rue, guys, for this week is how many more years do you think LeBron James plays? The four options on the Twitter poll. Zero, is he going to retire with all the rumors going around? One, two, or three plus years left for LeBron James in his NBA career. Logan Buchanan, I'll go to you first. Man, I don't even, I don't know. There, the, I could see him playing for, you know, maybe he retires. I could see him playing for another five years. Would I like to see that? No. I think that might actually hurt him down the line. Uh, would I love to see him work with Bronny? Yeah, but there's been talks that he doesn't want to do that anymore. I'm going to say I could see two years. I think that's a safe line is two more years. Get him to, that would be, what, 2025-ish, where I think if he stays with the Lakers, I think they have the All-Star game. So that would be a nice retirement tour is having the All-Star game in your hometown. Um, not hometown, but the town you play for at that moment. So I'm going to say I'm going to say two. Yeah, I think two is the perfect line here. I don't think he retires. Mm-hmm. I don't think LeBron James, the GOAT, retires after being swept in a playoff series. No. I think he can't hang it up that way. I could see it being one more year, and he's kind of dismissed the idea of him playing with his son, Bronny, saying that that's his dream, but not necessarily Bronny's dream, right? So that might be out of the window here, but I think that two-year mark is kind of like the perfect window right now for LeBron James and his playing career. Logan, what do you think? I'm actually going to steal this tweet from Rob Perez on Twitter. He's an NBA Twitter enthusiast. I think he retires. I totally agree. with This whole take is his. I'm just agreeing with it. I think he retires now for one year, just like Michael Jordan did. Retire for a year, which for a guy like LeBron, who is still he's serviceable at best. You just said he was washed. Serviceable. Oh, man. You're... Retires for one year. Gets to watch his son play his only college season because we all know he's going to leave after one year. Recharges body, which for someone like him it could be huge. Comes back in 2024. Contract is up with the Lakers. Signs wherever Bronny goes. Or he either f- retires for the whole regular season with the Lakers. If the Lakers are in contention for the playoffs or a championship, which they will not be without LeBron because they're a team of scrubs. That if they're somehow in contention, unretire for the playoffs, get another ring, and then go leave. But there's I, no point in him playing another 82-game regular season. I don't hate the take. I just think you saying that LeBron James is washed <laughs> on these airwaves is one of the worst things you've ever said. Yeah, not a fan of that one. I mean, ball don't lie, man. Yeah, ball don't lie. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's the greatest to ever do it. But at some point, you become washed. Michael Jordan was washed with the Wizards, and he's the second greatest to ever do it. Le- LeBron is the greatest to ever do it. I'll say that openly. And you think he's washed right now at 38 years old? Correct. I Did you just hear he what can... age you just said about LeBron James? I did 38. Yeah. 30. Yeah, 38. And guess what? He can still win NBA Finals. Oh, really? Yeah, really. What just happened? Okay, yeah, because uh, 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 cause he has a uh, uh, stick. Uh, 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 yeah, because he has a stick on uh, 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 it. All right. Can that he not argument. win 38 NBA Finals? And got swept? No, no. 
That, then your mic's off. Can okay, he not wonderful. win another NBA Finals, Logan? No. Not with the Lakers. <sighs> well, sure he can with the Lakers. And not they as the number to, one option. They need to build a different team. LeBron okay? James is no longer a number one option in the NBA. I don't even This is the first season in Lakers. NBA history. For LeBron, not NBA history, LeBron's career. <laughs> first, first season, it feels like NBA history because he's Good been job. in the league my whole career. <laughs> he has, he was the first season in his whole career where he has not received a single MVP vote. Okay. So, you know how many people does that not didn't? signal downfall for him? This is a guy that his whole career has been getting first place NBA MVP is votes. Is this guy still not averaging 25 plus points per game in the regular can, season? LeBron James is not a number one option anymore for any franchise. So what, he's a number two? LeBron cannot be the number one option I don't option even on think you believe what you're I saying. I do. LeBron James. Buchanan, help me LeBron out. LeBron James cannot be a number one option at 38 years old. You are a talking L right now. Buchanan, respond. Well, my name does start with L. I, it does. No, I mean... He's a number one, and he can still win another NBA Finals. You're telling me, put him on the Golden State Warriors, your favorite team, and he's your number one option? Nope. There's two players on that team ahead of him. Two? I think that's an L take right away. Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson. No. Clay Thompson can't tie LeBron James' shoes. No. Clay is not, not above LeBron. Right. Current LeBron, yes. Let me fix this situation, guys. We are running out of time. This segment is going to go long, but it is time for us to get to Hamik. Oh, I forgot that existed. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> guys, we got to fly through these questions. Last hot mic of my tenure here at WZIP Sports. No Let's get to answers. the questions. We're going to start with Casey Rush of WZIP Ooh. Sports. Not featured on today's show, sadly, but he says, hey, it's your resident toad. His new nickname here at WZIP Sports. <laughs> is this comeback from 3-0 more about the Celtics realizing they have talent, or is Miami choking theirs away? Both. Yeah, I agree with both. I, I, I was going to say both. I think more of it is Miami choking, because the Celtics have played the same throughout everything besides that one game where Tatum scored 51 and broke that record. They've been pretty consistent. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Jake Myrna-Goats. A ton of questions, as always. We're going to get to every single one of them for Hot Mike. First off, first player that comes to mind when I say Cleveland Guardians. Uh, mine is Jason Kipnis because when I was growing up, I You're played back. I played a second baseman, and he was the second baseman for the Indians, and so I was always uh, gravitated towards him. And I also remember specifically one time being in the stadium when a ball hit his hand, and it was the most it was the loudest sound I've ever heard. It was disgusting. If we're saying Cleveland Guardians, I would say Jose Ramirez. If we're mm. saying Cleveland Indians, Grady Sizemore. Just because every time I'd go to a game, the dude was never playing. <laughs> you stole the words right out of my mouth. Cleveland Guardians, Jose Ramirez, yeah. Indians, Grady Sizemore. He was my favorite That's player growing up. He was what got me into baseball. Grady Sizemore would be my answer for that one. Next up, Goat Murin. How have you been so good at owning Logan Congrove? What can I say? When you have a guy across the table saying the things he's saying, it's not that hard to own a guy As always, like Logan Congrove. from across the desk, you smell. <laughs> oh, that wow. That was such rude. A burn. That, was, that is just such a burn. Am I right? Rude. Wasn't even funny. Next one. Jake, <laughs> what got you into the UFC? So I don't have like an incredible story here, but back when Stipe Miocic fought Daniel Cormier in a trilogy. I believe it was August 
of 2020 UFC 252. Yeah, Miocic Cormier 3. That was the first UFC card I ever watched. I spent the 90 or so dollars that night for ESPN Plus for a year and the pay-per-view. Watched that. I was instantly hooked. I remember the next pay-per-view being Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. Watched that one, and I've just been hooked ever since and realized that this is kind of my, my big passion right now. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got into the UFC. Next up, Mr. Murren, what was your favorite WZIP Sports memory? I mean, my goodness, I don't know if I have just one. I remember my first Sports Power Talk appearance. I said that there was already a baseball team in Utah because I just was talking out of my mouth and didn't realize that I was talking about basketball, not baseball. (laughs) I remember that blunder that I had my first time on air. My first hosting gig, I was joined by Emily Lane and Dan Groen, and it was in the backup studio. This on-air studio was down. The first time I ever hosted SBT, it was with Emily and Dan, and I was sick as a dog that day. I was so nasally, did not want to do it. I was so nervous, so stressed out. Um, but thankfully, Emily and Dan helped me get through that SBT. Becoming sports director, the entire process with that, that meant so much to me. Leading this incredible group of people that I have in the studio with me right now, that means a lot to me as well. Being able to cover things like the Hall of Fame ceremony, Guardians games, the MAC tournament in Portland, I was there for that. That was incredible. Or the March Madness tournament in Portland, I was there for that. Was able to cover two MAC tournaments in Cleveland. I mean, I don't, I can't just say that one memory is my favorite. I have so many, so many dear memories up here at WZIP Sports. In terms of an on-air memory, I think that one show I did with Logan Congrove and Alex Henry, that was the Terrier Labrum show. That's how I kind of referenced that one. I think that show really sticks out among the rest. I kind of started Logan and I's on-air beef, if I'm being honest. We weren't even, like, that close at the time. Like, we were friends, but, like... Yeah, we just knew we had very... Polar opposite takes uh, on Baker uh, Mayfield and uh, uh. the Miami Heat. Look, I just said the words, okay, guys? Come on. <laughs> Next question, okay? Jake Murna Goat. What was your favorite Jake Murna Goat era? <laughs> Number one, I love this question, by the way. Unknown era, July 25th through November 18th, 2022, where he had the just L profile picture. Then the Dan Groen slash I don't know era, November 18th through May 4th of 2023. That was, of course, the time you met Mr. Dan Groen. And then number three, the Jake Murna Goat era, which is May 4th to now, which, Logan, you provided him that profile pic. I did. I was feeling very nice. And Do you have a favorite era? I'm going to have to go, as much as it was, like, worrisome at the beginning, all honesty, I was a little nervous as to what this even was. I'm going to have to go with the unknown era because Jake Murna Goat, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Jake Murnigo, finally, for you active listeners. I met him at our Akron City FC game. He came out and supported the team, and he's actually, as much as it pains me to say this, a very nice young man, a very nice individual, (laughs) and I appreciated the support. And he gave me my flowers on Twitter after the game, too. So Jake Murnigo, I really did appreciate that, but... For you, if you don't know, and for those of you who don't know, when this first started, this kid caused so much pandemonium oh in our gosh. group chat. Yes. I really remember did. the exact moment this random account appeared, and we all thought it was Pat. We thought it was a <laughs> burner account created by Pat. And Pat was like, it's not me. It's not me. We I thought it was Pat. Him. I thought it was Pat. I thought it was Kyle Molinelli. I thought it was like eight different people. And then all of a sudden, he comments, Jake Mernigo comments on my TikTok on his personal account, and that's how we figured out 
who he was and that well, he had nothing to do with WZI. I remember sports. the same day Alex Henry got in his DMs and was asking him questions yes. about him and saying what like asking him about his gender, how old is he? All these different questions. It was just super chaotic up here as to who this person is, who made this account. And I do have very fond memories of that unknown era for that, but I'm surprised, Logan, that you're going with that unknown era because I just, he hated I you. I was very, that era. I just, it was like fun to banter, but I can't even lie. Before I knew who he was, I was like, who is this that constantly listens to our show that hates me this much. Yeah, I'm going with the Jake Myrnagoat era right now as my favorite just because the profile pick is too legendary. Then the unknown era is right up there as my number two. Love that unknown era. Do you have a favorite era, Logan Buchanan? Well, that's funny enough because my favorite era is the Dan Groen era. All right. One, because I love Dan Groen. It's, that's, <laughs> that's instant bonus points right there. Uh, <laughs> but when it was the unknown era, I wasn't big into sports into the sports department so I didn't get as much of that as uh, possible and the current Jake Mernigo has been trying to clown me on Twitter so I don't like this version so I'm going to go with the damn girl uh, you better now. get used to that <laughs> All right. see as I as I transition into Jake you're going to transition into me as the not. Logan that gets clowned I hope clowned. not I really hope not can I just say that Logans are notoriously wrong on sports power talks like all the time especially about the <laughs> NBA it's just a thing yeah well I gotta say, your your uh, rebuttals here on today's show—they don't hit as they uh, normally do. Logan, I'm trying to be kind to you. Okay, this is kind. What? Yeah, know, right. Yeah. I don't know about he that. Said I, he said he uh, he was happy that I'm leaving. That's Just like true. half Facts. an hour ago. Facts. All right, let's finish this up, guys. Joe Barry on Twitter: If money wasn't an issue, what would you do every day? Quickly, guys. Oh, every day I'd be you know sitting in a sitting in a living room with like 17 different TVs trying to watch as much stuff as I could or going to WrestleMania whipping to Audi what whipping whipping to Audi okay wow. I'd be getting them nice ones every day whipping new one every day just when it would get dirty just buy another one <laughs> I don't know what I would do if money wasn't an issue like probably just travel experience yeah, things a word. travel the world next up Mr. Murrin how much are you going to miss WZIP on a scale of 1 to 10 15 like I'm going to miss WZIP more than anybody knows I have a lot of love for WZIP I'm going to express that uh, when, when we wrap up today's show two more questions first Pat Weber why is Logan Congrove so delusional when it comes to the Miami Heat and the fake culture Pat one only knows one only well, knows you should know of all people that having delusions is okay <laughs> Mr. Akron Zips are going to win the national championship guy over here that has a real actual bet on it. Wow. That is a good point. Last question, I believe it's from DJ Sava up here at WZIP. What experience made you realize that you belonged here at Z88? Also, most memorable event that you experienced by being a part of Z88. All the best, Jake. DJ Sav. Whoa. Man, that's a tough one. I, I kind of answered this in my preview with him before the show. The experience that made me feel like I belonged, one I think is becoming sports director. That was a huge milestone for me at WZIP. Made me launch two podcasts with the help of Dan Groen up here and really bring a lot to the table in terms of WZIP sports content. But I think a better answer would be my first time hosting mm-hmm. SBT. I feel like that was the leap I took from just being a you know casual member of WZIP, being a sports and production member, to really taking that next step and hosting an SBT and doing that with, again, Dan and Emily when I was very, very sick and under the weather. I think that was probably the moment where I was like, yeah, Z88, WZIP, this is truly for me. 
And my most memorable events, it has to be March Madness in Portland. Like, that whole experience was kind of wild, even though I've had so many different experiences. That's the most memorable event that I've gone and covered, at least, because of the just big stakes around that event. It, it was March Madness. I mean, I've covered MAC tournaments. I've covered Guardians games. I've covered the Hall of Fame ceremony. All of those, love those experiences. But covering the March Madness tournament with the Akron Zips in it against UCLA, I don't think those other experiences quite match that one, if that makes sense. For sure. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Hot Mike. Thank you, Logan 1. Thank you, Logan 2, yes, sir. for joining me on this very special segment. It was the dynamic trio. We went 40 minutes with it this trio. It was something. It was something else. It was something else. I appreciate you both for joining me. One last segment to go in the era of Jake Murren at WZIP Sports. It'll be a fun one. We have a very, very special guest, a very, very special voice to me and to all of you at WZIP Sports joining the show. It's going to mean a lot to everybody. We're going to play Jeopardy. And then it'll be Jake's farewell to everybody at WZIP Sports. We'll have other people join as well if they want to. Um, But yeah, one more to go. We'll head to break. It all happens next. Sports Power Talk. And welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Mern, the host of your show. And we have arrived to the last segment in the era of Jake Murren at WZIP Sports. It's going to be an emotional one, so stick with us. And we're likely going to go over the 1 o'clock end time. That is Sports Power Talk. And I am super excited for the final segment of today's show because I'm joined by one of my favorite members of all time at WZIP. I think that's fair to say. A member that I joined at WZIP with. We set our goals at the very beginning to become production and sports director. We accomplished those goals. He has not been heard of on these airwaves in months and making his return on my final show. It is the GOAT, Dan Groen. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me back, Jake. And, you know, it's it's been a crazy ride, that's for sure. It has been a crazy ride. We've experienced everything up here at WZIP together, and here we are. We had your last show last, what, December, I think it, it was? Like three weeks ago, but... Yeah, uh, we had that last show for you, and now... to show how quick time flies. It does, man. And now it's my last show, and we're here celebrating it. And what a better member of WZIP Sports to join Dan and I for this final segment. It is Matt Permuka. That was such a nice thing to say, Jake. Thank you. Wearing your SpongeBob shirt? I am, yes. I have a gift for you, too. So, Shall we do that now? I would love to. Okay, so just, you know, I didn't spend any money on this. I'm just going to tell you. It was a white white elephant gift I got for Christmas. Me and my roommates did this. Uh, There's only one athlete that I've ever actually grown to hate and have vain and spite for. Uh, And, you know, he's a quarterback you seem to love. And, you know, given the current controversy surrounding our current quarterback room, ironically, this guy's the only one banned from the Beachwood Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) It's a Baker Mayfield little plush doll for you. (laughs) We're going to put that on the Twitter afterwards. We will. Thank you, Matt. Um, You're welcome. I had an idea. When you said that you had a gag gift to give me on my last sports power talk, 
I had an inkling that it was something Baker Mayfield related. Yeah. Because it had to be, right? With everything oh, that has course. been like, said on these airwaves. I think we're like very like, like-minded like people and very calm, <laughs> but as soon as like we bring up that dude, it's just we're at war. I think so, because we agree on a lot of things. And then I just remember That's like... It's like I, a trigger war Oh, or yeah, for sure. You just have to say that name and then the whole group chat goes Oh, off. yeah. It's, it's like, oh, it's a tire fire in there. Hey, but I'm a, a Bucks fan through and through right now. Baker okay. Mayfield all nah. the way. If he has one good game, I'll buy a Baker Mayfield cream school jersey of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dude, you're better off just lighting money on fire. Put it on. Put, <laughs> do, do combine with Pat and just make like a Zips parlay. And NCAA basketball you know what? Football, I say, championship. I respect it. I mean, Thank you. I I would never do that. Believe me. I'd be That's like fine. if I like bought Greg Little jerseys for every team he went to. Okay, but like. Does it show that I'm at least loyal? Yeah, there but like, be you a rarity, don't need to put I mean, loyal, like you don't need to pledge loyalty to a millionaire with all due respect. Doesn't know fair. you exist. That's fair. I would hope that he knows I exist. He doesn't, but I would. Hope. <laughs> okay. All right. All well, right. the the, the purpose of <laughs> this segment, the last segment of today's special edition of Sports Power Talk, Dan's back, and if Dan's back, he's back for one reason only, and it is to host Sports. Jeopardy. So, Dan, what is the subject material that we're going to compete in today? And give us a little bit of the rules and what people can expect. All right. Well, this is a special edition of Sports Jeopardy. We are going to be focusing mostly on Cleveland sports. So, the category, well, first, before I do the categories, what we're going to do is since we have a whole room full of the WZIP sports crew in here, if you guys are stumped on a question, you guys can phone in a friend. However, the the trick is you can't phone in the same friend more than once. All right. Unless you guys, you know, are terrible so, and need wait, to so like recycle. Can we but. each like phone it? Like if if Jake picks Logan Buchanan, can I pick Logan Buchanan later on? Uh, the judges say no. So <laughs> okay. gonna... the judges say no. All right. Well, you're the yeah, judge. So, so right. So um, here we go. The categories are the Browns, the Indians slash Guardians, Cavs in pop culture, and teams of the past. And I didn't have a whole lot of time to create this, so instead of uh, five um, categories for each, or five, you know, yes, questions for yes. each category, I only had I only did four. So okay. without further ado, Jake, it is your last show, so I'm going to let you choose first between okay. all those, uh, let's see, Browns, Indians, Cavs, pop culture, and teams of the past. Can I just add that I believe I'm 0-2 in Sports Jeopardy history at WZIP Sports, and I think I chose like the worst person at WZIP Sports to compete against. In <laughs> I don't know trivia. Third try. Well, I don't you know, know trivia. I don't I know trivia you. at all either. Okay, yeah, this is going to be a tire fire. Like, people are going really to be listen. rolling their eyes at us trying to get these questions right. Well, listen, there's plenty of questions for the Indians, which I know that you're big into. We got some from the Browns. So. Yeah, and that's where I'm going to go to first, Dan. Give me the Indians slash Guardians. Let's go to the highest one, 400. All right. Prior to the shortened 1994 season, the Indians signed this former Oriole and Hall of Famer who helped boost them to success in 95. I feel like the best. Do you know? No. (laughs) I don't either. But I feel like the best clue of it is Baltimore Oriole. Oh, my goodness. I know who this is supposed to be. Can I guess? Yeah. Uh, yes. Who is Kenny Lofton? Uh, good guess, but no, it is not Kenny Lofton. <clears throat> okay. This was a huge free agent signing, kind of out of nowhere. And after the strike season, he 
elevated the team. Okay, I didn't know. I that. don't know. Is there anyone who knows in here who knows the answer? Anyone? No. And that would be knows. Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray. Okay. okay. Well, I guess I uh, was thinking a little too hard about some of these. So, uh, uh, Jake, um, I'll I'll bring it back to you. Stu, let's wipe out the Indians and Guardians. Let's go three hundred. All right. This unlikely hero made one of the greatest home run robbing catches in MLB history against Boston's Hanley Ramirez in 2017. If it's home run robbery, oh, oh wait, can you read it one more time? This unlikely hero made one of the greatest home run robbing catches in MLB history against Boston's Hanley Ramirez back in 2017. Because you said 2017, because I was going to go Grady Sizemore because he robbed so many home runs in his day, but 2017, obviously not Sizemore. I know exactly what play you're talking about, where he literally flipped into the bullpen. I know exactly the play you're talking about. I am just blanking on the name. All right, I'll take a guess. This isn't it. Uh, Who is... uh, was Bradley Zimmerman? Nope, not Bradley Zimmerman. <laughs> Does anyone else? Man, nope. I kn- I'm going to know it as soon as It you is say Austin it. Jackson. Oh, I don't know that actually. Yeah, who's all- okay. All right. This is going really well. This is guys. going very well. I told you we this are, was going to be how we it was are going. sports Again. analysts. Yes. We promise. All right. Guardians says Indians, so on LinkedIn. 200. Okay. <laughs> During their World Series run in 2016, the Indians acquired Andrew Miller from the Yankees in exchange for a package of prospects, including this outfielder who saw immediate success with the Yankees. And I will give you a hint if you don't know it off the top of your head. What's the hint? You said we don't know it well, off the top. I, I was hoping yeah, you would guess it. Okay, well, he is also, right now, he is in Chicago with... Uh, actually, I didn't have that written down, but okay, he was well, with both Chicago teams. With both Chicago teams. Oh, boy. Pass. I'd like to phone a friend. Okay. Does anyone know this answer? Give me what better of a friend to call than Mr. Evil, Logan Congrove himself. Get over here, bud. This is weird because he doesn't know anything about baseball. All right, yes. what do you, what Apparently, what neither of us do. This might be the only baseball thing that I know at all. Who is Clint Frazier? Clint Frazier is the correct wow. answer. I am Thank you, going friend. to give you right. 200 points there, Jake. Thank you, friend. Right. You've got a tally for both our points? I, I'll, I'll keep a tally. All right, it's 200 to nothing. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, we do need a There's score. There's not been many <laughs> points scored so far. All right. All right. Well, this is going to be historic lows for this thing. So um, do you want to finish the category then for that matter? Let's do it. So... In 2006, this infielder slash DH was the first player in MLB history to hit five grand slams before the All-Star break. 2006? 2006. Oh, damn. Um, who is a Cabrera? Not as Drupal Cabrera. Okay, that's all I could guess. Travis Hafner. Travis Hafner is correct. Oh, come on. Jake is on a streak right now. So, unfortunately, your streak I'm ended cooked. with the Guardians Indians category. So, I'm at 300. I'm okay with that. Yes. So, uh, pick any of the other ones Browns, Cavs, pop culture, or teams of the Let's past. Let's get my worst category out of the way, which is terms of the past. I think I'm not going to be very good here. Teams Let's go 400. Of the past. Let's or teams. Teams, yeah. Um, 400. Okay. Cleveland was once home to this NHL team from 1976 to 78 before they merged with the North Stars. Can I phone a friend? I call Pat Weber to the stand. <laughs> oh, well, you looked like you were thinking, and now he doesn't know it. Pat, I'm surprised you wouldn't know it. Okay, so I, my phone a friend. 
My phone friend has failed, so... Okay, well, Jake, I assume you don't know this answer. <laughs> no it should be the Cleveland Barons. <laughs> Logan knew it. Logan Congrove is apparently the greatest at trivia. Okay, you Logan Congrove knows hockey and baseball trivia. Believe that or not. You know what? Must be nice, man. I don't get to cover Cavs games. <laughs> You know, maybe we should just drop the whole phone one friend rule because this yeah, is okay. This is uh, going a little slow. Mr. Murray, back to you. Let's. Get... Okay. Yes. Same category three hundred. Let's go. Okay. Cleveland's historic League Park was first home to this team in eighteen ninety one. One more time, please. League Park was home okay. to this team in eighteen ninety one, and I, I'll give you one hint: they were almost revived. In the last couple years, it was the Cleveland Gladiators. <laughs> Absolutely wrong. <Okay. laughs> Logan, would you like to come in and help out your friend here? I'd like to phone in a friend. Okay. Give me the better of the two Logans. Give me Logan Buchanan. I, just you. I don't care. <laughs> so you said that they might have just almost got revived they almost did was yes. it the spiders the cleveland spiders oh yes. wow what a legend okay what a legend i'm, I'm this that is was bad. 300 uh yeah so jake is coming in hot that's for same sure. category 200 all right this two-time well, super bowl winning franchise began playing cleveland in 1936 uh who is the uh rams the cleveland rams correct oh yeah that's 200 for me i'm so back there you go <laughs> <laughs> I'm so back. And now you get to choose. I never. All right, uh, we'll finish out the category. 100, please. Okay, well, if you didn't know the Barons one, you probably won't get this one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> NHL Hall of Famer Martin San Louis started his pro career with this defunct IHL team from the 90s. So, I mean, IHL hockey team in the 90s. That's all you really need to I know. I couldn't name five teams today. Okay. <laughs> Would you have any guess? Lake Erie Monsters. I don't know. Not the Lake Erie Monsters. But yeah. I will give you a hint. The Monsters have paid homage to them a lot with their throwback jerseys lately. I j- I'll tell you what, Dan. If I ever went to a Monsters game, I might know. All yeah, right. that hit you know what? Okay, you know what? Um, I'll let you phone in a friend because I feel like someone in here has got to know it. Well, last time I thought someone knew it, he said the brain wasn't working. So <laughs> I'm looking at the same guy again. The big wheel, keep on. You know, on. at this point, it's just like anyone's question now. Anyone. And Some, for the listeners right now, we're sorry. Yeah. Like, we know. This is absolutely We chaos, thought this but, would go way better than it is. Yeah, and like, hopefully we're being entertaining, you know? Well, we're, yeah. Okay, just give us the answer. No one gets the point. Okay, it is Jake. the Cleveland Lumberjacks. Yeah. Okay. So... Those existed. Yeah. All right. They did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, great. So let's yeah. go to some more familiar categories. I thought, I thought past teams was going to be like, you know, like the 1987 Browns. This was their leading receiver. I'm going way like back. That. All right. Let's go. Let's give Matt some points. Oh, wow. No. Browns okay. 100. Okay. This was the last Browns quarterback to be named to a pro. Bowl. Derek Anderson. Correct. Okay. My Easy goodness. For you. There you go. Yeah. I'm so back. Never left. You're so back. Browns, 200. Uh, so let's keep it going. This two-time All-Pro defensive back coined the term dog pound. Oh. Bar- no. I Okay, I know there's an easy, there's an obvious answer I want to take. I'm going to say Dante Whitner, though. The dog pound, 
Dante Whitner, not even close. I'm sorry. Okay. I would like to know who it is. Can I phone a friend? I've already Jake, you may phone a friend. I think. I think. I know the name. It's just blanking me because. Oh, well, bring, you know, I know. I think I know. I think I know it. I think I know it. Okay. I don't even need the friend. Christian Kirksey. He said you defensive back. Way. I was going to guess. Jo- dog is, it, is it Joe Hayden? Mm. Listen, the dog pound originated back in the 80s. Oh, the me- oh. So let's bring in a third party here. Our <laughs> NFL history expert. Who is Hanford Dixon? Hanford Dixon is correct. Who is so. that? You don't know Hanford Dixon? No. Good okay. job, Marcus. Good job. For All right, okay, so, wow. um, yeah, Marcus two, has 200 200. points for Marcus. <laughs> All right, Marcus is surprise guest. Jake, how many points do you have? I have 300. I have 600. Okay. Okay, so uh, let's keep it going here. Um, what do we have? Browns 400? Is that the last three. one? Three. It should we be Browns three. for three. Actually, right. three you know four. what? I think I wrote five for uh, the Browns. So. Whoa, Yippee. all right. Bonus time. All right. Considered one of the greatest receivers of all time, this two-time Cleveland Brown also helped lead the Dolphins to their only perfect season. Or the only perfect season in Super Bowl. Who is Paul Warfield? Paul Warfield is correct. Is that 300 more? Uh, yes. 300. Jake, we're tied. I'm so back. We he are tied. so back. This is getting interesting. I knew this was going to be your category. I don't think I did good enough in All the right. Guardians Indians category. Right, let's go Browns for four, please. But, see, you know what? You just got to start small and then work up, you know? Browns for five. <laughs> okay. Um, before Nick Chubb, this was the last Browns running back to rush for over 1,000 yards in back to back seasons. Who was Isaiah Crowell? Wrong. All right. I'd like to call a friend. Wow. Marcus. I'm angry at that. Marcus back to Anderson, back seasons. get over Marcus here, buddy. Back-to-back seasons? I have yep. a couple, like, answers in my head. I just don't want to be wrong. So, Marcus okay. Anderson, take the mic. And the thing is, unfortunately, he was an ex-Raven, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis is correct. Wow. Yes. Wow. I, I needed that 400, 3,000-yard seasons, or maybe it was two. I think it was 2,000-yard seasons. Can, like, someone nodded. Can someone look up, like, Isaiah Crowell's stats on pro football you know reference? Because I feel like I oh, just missed that question. I had those points. They could you know, I could have sworn no, that you. he had 1,000 yards. But Crowell did at least one time. He I guess reached not it, twice. and then he must have. Yeah, I don't know. So, okay. Last Browns question. The Browns drafted this many quarterbacks in the first round since 99. And drafted. I will give you double the points if you can name them all. Oh, goodness. so we're saying drafted since '99. Drafted in the first round. In the first round. Oh boy! Of all the quarterbacks we've had, I'll give you a hint. It's probably not as much as you would think. I, now I'm thinking that. Okay, wait. Can I take a wild guess? Go ahead. Eight. Nope. Five. Five is correct. Yes, I'm so back. We have ba- we have Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel. That's another 500 for you, man. Oh, you my gosh. So I'm at 1,600. There I never left. <laughs> it was Isaiah Crowell. It was Isaiah Crowell? Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> take, yeah. take another 300 points off of Mr. Murren's total. Add 300 to mine. I am at 1,900. I, am, I, I never left. Never, I never left. My stats lied to me then. I I'm down bad, ladies and gents. This is why you check your sources, folks. I'm down bad. Well, I don't know what sources it was, but St- I didn't oh, see it. Oh, man. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Judges, are you looking at all-purpose yards or rushing yards? Oh, yeah, it's all-purpose you're looking at. I'm telling you, Crowell almost hit 1,000 rushing yards. It was, he was the starter in 16 and 17. Let me see if okay, I... Okay, it was all-purpose yards. I was wrong. All right, all right. I needed that. I needed all right, that. All right, To rush for, okay. So the current right. score, I have 1,000. Matt has... 1,600. 1,600, yeah. All right. Um, Let's keep it going. 
Yeah, let's keep it going. We're not on a huge time frame, right? Yeah, I guess not. We're a minute over. It's all <laughs> it's good. Ambiguous. Yeah, it's ambiguous. We're all right. right. We're fine. Um, Hopefully people are enjoying themselves. Woo! Okay, Matt. Uh, you got Cavs, pop culture, wait, and... Did, wait, did I get another 500 for it. getting them all right? Yeah. Okay, but so I'm at 2,100. No, you're still at 1,600. That accounts for the 2,5. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, anyway. Whatever. You're up so, by a lot. Uh, what's, sorry, what's the category? Okay, so we got Cavs and pop culture. We'll go Cavs 100. Okay. LeBron averaged a triple double in which NBA Finals? Uh twenty eighteen. Wrong. <laughs> it's got to be. I pretty much wants to say twenty sixteen, just because that was the year they won it all. But I don't know if that was the year he averaged the triple double. I'll go twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen is correct. <laughs> Your correct <sighs> streak is broken. So, <sighs> all right, um, right. Pick, keep it going. Two hundred. All right. How many? First overall picks have the Cavs had? All time. First, yes, first overall picks. Two. Eight. Nope. Both of us are wrong. <laughs> yep, but uh-huh. here, I'll, I'll let you guess again, because if you can name them all, that's another uh, double point. Austin Carr, Anthony okay. Bennett, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Andrew Wiggins. Yep. So I'm at one five. Left. There's one left. Zildrunas Agalskis? Very close. All right. I'll give well, Brad, you... It's Brad Doherty, isn't it? Brad Doherty is correct. You are on fire, Matt. Dwight, I, I don't get the points, though. I got it wrong. You didn't, but okay. you get you get the 200 for getting the, the numbers. So, so I get points. Do I get points? Yes, you get no. 200. Okay. You just get I'll 200. I'll be nice. Right, I don't well, even know. I'm just... Sam, keep it rolling here, man. All right. Yeah. At this point, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Cavs' first glimpse of success came in the mid-70s, where they were nicknamed this... I just watched a documentary. I wasn't paying attention. One more time. My goodness. The Cavs' first glimpse of success came in the mid 70s when they were nicknamed this. I'm going to say it's a play on words. Was it the Cardiac Cavs? No. Nope. Okay. It was the Miracle at Richfield. I thought that was a play in particular. Okay. You know, I did too until I was looking at All right. You know what? So, yeah. I guess I just don't know things. I'm learning things too. It's okay. Let's finish out the Cavs. Okay. The Seattle Supersonics traded this six-time All-Star to the Cavs a year after facing Michael Jordan in the 96 Finals. Oh, my goodness. Who is Scotty Pippen? No, not Scotty Pippen. I'd like Pippen. to phone a friend. Okay. Logan calls Oh, no. it's, oh it's, it's Sean Kemp. It's Sean it's Kemp. Sean it's Kemp. Sean Kemp. It's Sean Kemp. No. Sean Kemp. That, is, that is Jake's points. No, but I got it wrong. You got it wrong. It was Jake's turn. How many points? Uh, that, that was, was 400. 400. All right, so now it's 1,800 to 1,400? 15. Okay, 18 to 15. We okay. have one round left. It's pop culture. Yep. I'm going to dedicate, like, all of my points have been scored by Logan Congrove and Mark Sanderson. Whoa. Except for two questions. And Logan Buchanan, <laughs> I guess, too. I'm sorry. Whoa, okay. Pop culture? All right. Way to finish out a sports show. Let's do it. Okay. Um, do we want to start uh, 100 to 400? Why not? Okay. Right. What is this one, pop culture? Yep. In the show Seinfeld, they oh, reference the Cavs beating this team one seventeen to one oh nine, which was accurately predicted. The Spurs, on the Spurs, occasions. the Spurs, the Spurs, it's the Spurs. Yes, it is the Spurs, San Antonio. All right. During the Browns nineteen ninety nine return, this Cleveland icon gave an infamous pregame True speech. Carry. Yes. If you could if you could let me No. <laughs> no. Okay. In the movie Major League, the Indians broadcaster Harry Doyle was played by this sports and entertainment icon. 
Yeah, I don't know who the play-by-play guy. I don't know his actor. He though. was in um, announcing and stuff and wrestling, so you might know this. I might know this. Yep. Maybe not. Um, I mean, this is going like way back. Just a bit outside. No, I don't know. It, that would be Bob Euchre. Mm. He was he was close. All, All right. right, the last one for four hundred. What is the score, by the way, at this point? Twenty one hundred to fifteen hundred. All right, let's make this fair. This is double or nothing. So if he well, gets we do, it, he we final do. Jeopardy. Oh, okay. We do have actually we do have final Jeopardy after okay. this question. So right. this former Browns offensive lineman had a cameo in the movie Draft Day. Who is Mitchell Schwartz? Close, but no. Man, I love that movie. I don't remember an actual player being in it. Is it he Gre- was it's, lift- John, it's John Greco then, isn't it? No. Okay. He was lifting in the weight room. All right. I think. I'm going to phone a friend okay. again. Logan Congrove, get me more points. Alex Mack. It was Alex Mack. Okay. Man, I wish we had more mics in here. We could have like a whole. Boy. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, well. So it's so going into Final Jeopardy, it's 2100 to 1900. Oh boy. Okay. So what would you guys like to wager? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. The category as always is who am I? I'm a Cleveland native who played for the Browns for two seasons. I became a head coach and won 328 total games coaching and I'm in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I've won two two Super Bowls plus an NFL championship. If it's a Browns question, I know I'm not going to win. He grew up in Cleveland, played for the I Browns never said for two seasons. He was a Browns coach. Okay, he, he played, played for, for the, the Browns. Browns for two seasons, and he's then became an NFL head coach. He has won how many Super Bowls? Two Super Bowls as a coach. As a coach and an additional NFL championship. And an NFL championship. Okay, Before that's the what... merger, so that kind of should narrow it down to a, you know, a specific era. Oh, man. I would think Marcus might want to get stumped. Do you want me to uh, give you one more hint? Yes, please. We already referenced this team earlier. The team that he coached. The legendary team. Really? It's Don Shula? Don Shula is correct. Okay. All right. And with that, wow. Matt Permuka is your winner of Sports Jeopardy. <sighs> All right. Wow. You can breathe now. We can breathe, and again, hopefully people enjoyed that mess. <laughs> that, that, was, was, that was certainly something. That was Sports Jeopardy. <laughs> And again, I think I'm 0 for 3 now on uh, Sports Jeopardy on air. Don't know why I wanted to do it again, but I did. Yeah. And again, like I said, picking the worst person to do so against in Matt Pramuka. Oh. And I think I got, what, two questions right? All my other points came from Marcus and two Logans? I think so. Yeah, Something Sounds right. Yeah. Not too much pride in me. And if you're a listener and you knew all those answers and were just screaming at the radio station... Trust me, I feel for you because I was screaming internally as well at my oh, own I'm self. yelling at myself too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glad to know we're both in the same position after that, Matt. But congratulations on the Sports Jeopardy win. You can always hold that over my head for my last Sports Power Talk. And it is my last Sports Power Talk. Do you want to thank you both, Matt Permuka, for joining me and the legend, 
Dan Groen. You know, you already know, man. You're my unsung hero. My career really brought me into WZIP. You mean a lot to me. And uh, without you, no chance I'd be here right now on Sunday, May 28th, for my final of so many sports power talks I've been a part of. So thank you both, guys. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, man. Anybody, if anybody wants to say anything, they can. Um, if not, I'll kind of go on my little I mean, final farewell speech. But So I can start because... I mean, we pretty much started from the very, even before the very beginning, really. Um, you know, knowing each other in high school. Um, you know, I've talked about this on my, my other farewell, or my farewell episode. Um, you know, just going through the high school on the last day, uh, senior payback day, we all were going through with our signs yeah. um, of all of our majors. And I think at that point, we kind of became really close friends after just being kind of acquaintances for a while. Um, and then... Yeah, ever since then, we just worked our way up through uh, the university, um, you know, joined a semester later, I believe, and, you know, started out, you know, we started off real nervous, and, and um, but, yeah, we came through a lot, man. Yeah, man, and do you remember how much hate we got for having communications on that piece of paper saying that we're yeah. going to be communications majors? That's right, yeah, I think I had to specify media studies at the bottom of it, too, but... Just everybody around us was like, oh, communication majors, that's for people that don't know what they want to do, or just want a quick and easy college experience, and mm-hmm. who knew that this is going to... This was what was waiting for us on the other side in terms of our career path, right. and... I never yeah, thought I'd have well, this sudden. much fun, and yeah, I, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, Jake. So thank you for coming up with me. Likewise, man. Likewise, thank you, Dan, for for everything, man, and and then some as well. Logan Congrove, Jake, <laughs> you have a mic, Jake. I know you think I'm going to bash you or anything like that. But I'm, I'm doing nothing of the sort, Jake Murn. Congratulations on a fantastic career at WZIP. You have built our sports department so much higher than anybody could have imagined. For the active listeners, Jake Murren is Jake Murren and Dan Groen for that matter is the sole reason that our podcast exists. SPT Overtime, SPT Rewind. Jake Murren made sure that we did not miss a single week, and if we did, we had a double upload the next week. Jake Murren's consistency, his drive, his passion for WZIP is unmatched. Jake we fight a lot on air, but you've helped me in a lot of different areas. I'm very, very honored and thrilled to be your successor up here. And I appreciate everything you've done for me, not only at the radio station, but as a friend in my academics. I, I really do appreciate you a lot. Jake Murren, a goat, came about, and it really, I, I hate crediting this kid on anything, but it put something into our friendship that was, it, we were friends, but that sparked such a bigger friendship and relationship between us and I, Jake Mernigoda, I appreciate it because it brought me closer to somebody that I now consider to be one of my best friends and is going to go on to have a very, very formidable career in the media world. Well, thank you, Logan. I I agree with what you said about Jake Mernigoda and it means a lot to me, man. And like I said, I have really just wanted to do my best when I became a sports director and try to impact people around me and I I feel like I've done that and seeing you as my successor I think it's the perfect fit and I really think that you're going to do so much for WZIP Sports and while this era ends with me today I think that WZIP Sports is in such a great position for a new era to begin this time next week on Sunday for you to be the host and for you to launch this new era of WZIP Sports and I am just so excited of course, it's a little bittersweet because I'm not going to be a part of it, and I'd love to be a part of it. 
and I can help in any possible way that you I can. You will be a part of it. But knowing that you're there and that I can listen to SBT every single week on Sunday morning from 11 to 1 and hear some familiar faces and hear the most familiar face in you lead that charge. It's in great hands, and I can't wait. We better see you future. on hot mic, sir. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. I, I can't. I can't let you get away with your heat culture takes anymore. Um, Matt Permuka is on a mic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm back. Uh, you know, I told you a lot of this stuff after the end of the awards banquet uh, in April, but just uh, thank you right away. Your leadership style right off the bat. One of the first things I noticed when joining here is, you know, you ran this thing and you ran it damn well, man. It was incredible to see. You're one of the most hardworking people I've ever come across being with the university. I've been involved in a plethora of student-involved organizations that I can honestly say without a doubt you are the hardest-working individual I've seen run these. So that should not go unnoticed. I am... You know, I, I love listening to you when you're doing your other station stuff. Just know uh, you'll always have at least one fan listening, and that'll be me, because I, <laughs> I always have Sports Talk Radio on in my car. So, you know, and just you know, thank you again. I told you this several times, but just trusting me as just as a new member, I made my, my first show was at the end of last April, and then by the July, you let me run the Fantasy Football Podcast, and just putting so much faith in me so quick, I just... I truly appreciate that from the bottom of my heart so thank you for that thank you for believing in me i'm and i sure surely i'm gonna believe in you and your professional career so best of luck to what you have next man i'm truly excited to see it thank you matt and you have no idea how much it means to me when i see people here at wzip shout me out in my efforts aside from this radio station what i'm doing and having those fans mean a lot to me and i know matt especially with you man like Having the drive that you do in creating podcasts like the Fantasy Football Podcast, like the NFL Draft Series of podcasts as well on SBTOT, that was just a pleasure to watch you shine in those roles. And I really encourage other people at WZIP to take that extra step and do those things as well. So I applaud you for your effort. All of you guys in this room make my job a whole lot easier at WZIP Sports, being the sports director. And like I said at the top of the show, my heart could not be fuller with the people in this room and with the messages that I am hearing and send it to our next person. LB has a mic. Jake, I'm just so glad that I'm even able to be a part of this, uh, you know, joining the sports department just three weeks ago. Uh, But before that, being able to hop onto SBT OT and just go wild with AEW and with you allowing me and Alex to do WWE and just having faith in us that we'll succeed with it as well as just being someone that I can walk up to during like my lunch hour and just, hey, can you look at this? Hey, how would you feel about this class? Uh, and just get your knowledge about not only WZIP and sports, but just school in general has been a very big part of my life. And I love everything that we've done from our Baltimore trip and the, that oh, long, long car ride uh, there and back. Uh, we almost ran out of gas because of you. Listen, <laughs> listen, you didn't have to bring that up. Um, I just, I just, you, you resonate hard work and a joy for media that, that really resonates with me. Thank you, man. And having that connection with you has meant a lot to me and it's thrived my professional wrestling fandom as well. And that's really what WZIP is all about. I I love talking to everybody on these airwaves every single week, but man, having these connections and being able to eat lunch up here knowing that other people are going to be here and having those friendships and hearing you yell at me with the most obscene stuff and hearing Logan as soon as I turn the corner up here at the third floor of Colby Hall hearing Logan Congrove yell the weirdest things at me down the hall before I enter the director's (laughs) office like those are the things 
those are the very little minuscule things that I am truly, truly going to miss most about WZIP Sports. Sure, getting this airtime every single week and talking about anything that entertains listeners and being able to rip Logan Congrove apart every single week. I'm going to miss those so much, but those little things I will miss a lot as well. Pat Weber, the life of the party has like... <laughs> I do. I just wanted to say, I know I got to say just a little bit after the first segment, but I just wanted to really say thank you. Uh, there aren't a lot of people here at the university that I really consider to be super close friends. Everybody in this room, especially you, are definitely my close friends. Like This is kind of like my second family for me, and that's kind of what you created. Because when I first came around, I think everybody uh, kind of knew <laughs> what I what I was doing. I wasn't really here focusing on too much. I was just here to kind of like just have fun, really. And you made me realize that... like. You can have fun, but you got to actually put in the hard work. And since that point, I'm not even kidding. Like, I changed my life around in a very positive way. I hold you to a standard that I don't hold very many people to, like, that high of a standard. I, I idolized everything that you've done in your work here. Like, you, you – I think everybody kind of touched on it, but you literally radiate hard work and that grit and that effort that you put in every single day. Like, there have been times where people ask me, like, when I go home, like – who are some people that you know you really look up to? And I always say you. Mm. I know that where you have the, you know different career paths, but you've really impacted my life in a way that I don't think I'll ever be able to repay you. And I just wanted to say thank you one more time for everything you've done. Of course, man, and thank you for the kind words and the way you described it. The small family up here—that's the perfect words because we are a small family up here at WZIP Sports. And knowing that I've had that effect on people again, I'll say it until I'm I'm dead. Like I just love even the smaller impacts that I've had and showing work ethic and things like that to other people. It's something that I take a lot of pride in myself. So knowing that that has come up in a lot of what you guys are saying, that means a lot as well. So thank you, Pat. Alex Henry, my uh, polar opposites duo, my UFC crew origins. We've done this a lot already in terms of goodbyes at WZIP, but you do have a mic in front of you. Yeah, bro. I'm going to keep it short. I'm just going to miss you, Jake, you know, because we all been up here having fun. It doesn't even feel like WZIP, dude. We're just up here having fun. And not only are we having fun, but we're helping ourselves in the long run. We're helping mm-hmm. each other. And uh, I think that's the most important thing that WZIP should be. It's fun, and we're helping each other down the road. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I'm going to miss you up here doing shows. But uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for everything. I wish you the best in what you do in the future. Thanks, man. And, yeah, it's going to be gonna be hard knowing that like the next semester rolls around in august and like the director's room is all my friends and i'm not going to be there that's definitely going to be hard realization i've been a student for the past 18 years of my life so it's going to be a weird thing that i'm now an alumni of college and having to experience that but yeah man it's been it's been one fun ride and i have to thank like guys like logan congrove and alex henry and then logan buchanan a little bit later like you guys were kind of that resurgence especially after like dan Groen left that was like the crew that i kind of hung hung around and like you guys made my college experience all that much better so i appreciate you guys as well mitch bates yeah, I'm also going to keep it pretty short. I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate every role that you've played for me coming up here. Because when I came to Akron, WZIP was not in my cards at all. And Logan Congrove showed me everything and brought me in here. But it was people like you that influenced me to stay and made me feel like I can actually find real friends and a real family up here. And... I know that I could not have done anything to get Rising Star here at all without you. And 
welcoming me into the UFC podcast, which was you and Alex's baby, and now I want to help carry on that legacy that you're leaving here. Uh, it's it's an honor, really, and I just want to say thank you for all that. Yeah, and I know you're going to do a great job. Like, the UFC podcast, it's one of the more mainstays of SBT Overtime right now, and I'm going to thoroughly enjoy myself every single time a UFC pay-per-view comes around, knowing that there's going to be a Monday SBTOT upload, and it's going to feature Alex Henry and Mitch Bates, and I think the future is very bright for, for Mitch Bates as well. Mark Sanderson, the most entertaining <laughs> member of WZIP Sports. I introduce you by that way every single time you come on air. He's your all-sports widow. Take it away, <laughs> Yeah, Jake, I really thank you for making it such a great time for me up here, not just for making making it for all of us a great time up here, but you're like being a true difference maker around this place. I mean, the standards and great expectations was already high, but you probably like some through the roof and through the skies for for all of us to be. You really elevate this program of WZIP, which are creativeness and bring up new ideas and with the hot mic and bringing Coach Gross up here and other great ideas as well. They just make this make this radio station radio station like just so great and just. Making us live up to the standards, pretty much, and just not only have you been a great host for this show, but a better man, I'll say. I mean, as you further your career and become a husband, and maybe raise your own family in the future, I wish none but the best for you, Jake. Thank Thanks, you, Marcus. Man. It means a lot, man. I appreciate you. I I hope to do all those things and, and be great, like you mentioned. But man, it, none of this would be possible without the people in this room. Um, without the voices that you all heard on today's Sports Power Talk. And I could not be happier or more honored to have shared the mic with all of you. In terms of, you know, my final farewell to WZIP Sports, and wow, this is going to be difficult to get through, but I'll start by thanking the people in my life. First, my supportive family at home, mom, dad, my sister, Abby, I love you all. Special thank you to my brother, David. He's listened to everything, and I mean everything, that I have put out there for the better and for the worse. He's not afraid to tell me when and where I need to improve. I got a very sentimental text from my brother Dave this morning. That meant a lot to me and his support and what he's instilled in me. Like, you guys talk about this work ethic that I have that has put an effect on you. Man, that comes from him and my family. So I appreciate them. And of course, Marcus, you mentioned it, husband. She's probably going to kill me for saying this. But my beautiful fiance at home, Aaliyah, for being my best friend for over four years, I would not be the man I am today without you and without everything that you have done for me in my life. Next up, in terms of WZIP, I have to thank our incredible general manager, Chris Kepler, because without him, none of these opportunities for students at the University of Akron would exist. He's instilled confidence in me and he's given me opportunity after opportunity to grow. And to everyone, everyone at WZIP and at WZIP Sports, hope that I left that impact I've been talking about on each and every one of you. It was a privilege and honor to serve as your sports director for the past year and a half. It's a hard realization right now knowing that this will be the final time I share the mic with all of you, but just know that I'm a phone call and a 15-minute drive down the road away from anything, and I mean anything, that you all may need in the future. Also, Logan Congrove mentioned it, but a quick shout-out to Jake Murna Goat himself. It sounds silly, but I've always struggled with self-confidence in life. And having anybody, whether it be a current high schooler or not, look up to me in a way 
and tweet that I'm a GOAT week in and week out has definitely been a highlight in my college experience. I'm not sure how many people out there can say that they had a fan page created for them during college broadcasting. Like, that means a lot to me as well. And speaking of highlights in my college experience, can I just gloat about how great WZIP is for a second? Is that okay with everybody? Like, I've had the opportunity to host and be on more sports power talks than I can count. I was able to fly out to Portland in 2022 to cover the Akron Zips men's basketball team in March Madness. I was a speaker at last year's CBI Awards in Baltimore. I've covered Guardians games, MAC tournaments, Hall of Fame ceremonies, and I've loved every single moment of my journey at WZIP Sports. I've also made so many friends in the hours and hours I've spent up here on the third floor of Colby Hall, and that is why it is just so difficult to say goodbye. I know it's cliche to say, but I hope that I left WZIP Sports better than I found it, and I encourage everyone at WZIP to take chances on themselves, go out of their way, and make the most out of this station before it goes away because that's the worst part of college radio. As beautiful and as fun and as fulfilling as college radio is, the worst part is that it has a time limit. For most people, four years, but it is just the worst part of college radio. It is. I have no doubt that the future of WZIP Sports is bright, though, and I'm proud to pass the metaphorical baton to Mr. Evil Logan Congrove, who, behind the heat culture nonsense, which I know you heard plenty of today, is truthfully one of my best friends. We have some incredible people and talent here at WZIP Sports, and I know this place is only going to go up from here. So, for the last time, let me pot up our bad boys outro. And as much as I don't want to do this for the final time, my name is Jake Murin. Thank you, everyone, for being on today's show and making this yet another incredible memory of mine. And thank you, the listeners. I can't thank the listeners enough, man. You listening right now for tuning in to this special edition of Sports Power Talk. Be kind to one another, Akron, as I always say. And that exciting new era of SBT begins. Same time and place next week on 881 WZIP.